across the UK, online and on DAB. The wild man of late night radio, Ian Lee. Differently interesting nocturnal emissions from a legend of late night radio. On air and after leak. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Sock Radio. Is proper music. That is proper <laughs> music. Well, we did sing about funny things then, didn't we? <laughs> uh, pillows to cry on, kicking up leaves. Yeah, yeah. Pillows to cry on, kicking up leaves, blue suede shoes. I sang once about a pullover, so I'm singing there about cherry pies. Everything. Je- Jess Conrad is here, ladies and Good gentlemen, evening. of course. I'm just going to move your microphone around ever so slightly. There we yes. go. You get nice and close to that, sir. Yeah. Jess Conrad is here, pop star. Movie star, actor, celebrity, and I'm going to say it, the second most handsome man in the studio this evening, Jess. Well, I go along with that, but it's only because you're fully made up. <laughs> I, I put a little bit of effort. I've got to say, an amazing shirt that you're wearing. Yes, well, tonight. it's always important to wear a good shirt when you're on radio. <laughs> it's you know, Frankie Vaughan gave me the gr- greatest advice ever. Yeah, go on. He said, when you leave the front door, Jesse, you're on parade. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, I've always gone like that, you know. When I'm out, I'm out. People see you, and you've got to look good. For those listening in black and white, Mr. Jess Conrad is wearing a beautiful black shirt with uh, gold. It looks like barbed wire on the front. Yes. That's well, that was a famous film or something, wasn't it? So I'm, I'm heavily barbed wired up. Sending out a very but tough it could be anything, But they, it looks really lovely. And I've got jet black trousers on. Yeah. Black nice un- shoes. Black underpants. Oh, you God. know, the, the jockey Please. things. 
and uh, everything's in its right place, and uh, black socks, and blacks, uh, and, and suede, uh, not suede, no, patent shoes. Be and they're beautiful. And the, the medallion that we've got around oh, the yes, neck. Oh, yes, this was uh, um, for uh, being past King Rat of the Grand Order of Water Rats. I like it. Um, and I've been a grand member of the Water Rats for many, many years, and it's a great society, and we give so much money to charity. And one of the most important things we have, we run our home called Brinsworth House for British Hard Actors. Ah, and yes, this I is was famous. That last week with Richard O'Sullivan. Now, I'm so glad you mentioned Richard O'Sullivan. Yeah. He is one of my absolute heroes. Well, great. Uh, great actor, and there were some really nice pictures, because Meghan Markle went there maybe six months ago, and, yeah. and there were some great pictures of Richard O'Sullivan then. It yeah. was so lovely to see him. And there were great pictures doing? of me and Richard O'Sullivan yeah. in our, our, the biggest newspaper, the stage. <laughs> <laughs> you, you have to get in the stage, our, our newspaper. I, I made the back page with Richard How is Richard O'Sullivan. doing? Is he, he's is he all great. right? He's looking good. Good. And he's great, and uh, uh, it, it's fantastic, and... and uh, um, you know, I've, I've had so many years over there, you know, I, I did the, the thing with Jim Davidson and Charlie Drake uh, played uh, Baron Hardup and uh, he got ill and he went in there and I went to see him and um, the the next door was um, the, the disc jockey. Freeman. Uh, Alan, Alan Freeman. Freeman was For those there. who don't know, this yep. is kind of like a retirement home yep. Yep. for for sh celebrities, yep. actors, musicians, performers, yep. Yep. Uh, uh, and they get to to live with yep. people from that profession. And people like me help run it. Brilliant, good we, for you. We uh, we we support everything, and it's mostly mostly for men uh, that that um, that uh, basically have lost their partners. Right. Know. Okay. Okay. Um, so oh, good for you. It. So um, yeah, that was good. I went there for the uh, summer party and I'll probably go there again for the Christmas party. Now, listen, we have got some business. You have got a new CD out, which yes. Catherine is, is bringing in, because our CD player just died. Literally, as we are coming in, they went, the CD player's died today. So we're going to play some tracks from it. But this is the plug, and we'll, we'll plug it again at the end. There's a new double CD collection out on Cherry Red Records, which yes. is a great record label. Yes. Love it. Um, Jess Comrade, just, this is a great title. Jess for you. Jess for you. Yes. The collection. Jess for you. And the follow-up is going to be just Jess, but we <laughs> never quite got there. <laughs> and this is all of your hits, all of yes. your singles, but so much more. There's about nearly 60 tracks on there. Yes, I and think. It's, it was, uh, it was, uh, it's, 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 it's quite amazing, really. And, and the people I've been associated with, yeah. uh, great writers. I mean, great, great writers. And, um, the, the labels, you know, uh, I, there was Decca Records. Tell EMI. me about when, how you get the bus up to Decca. Well, I got, I, I got the bus. I lived in Brixton. I got the bus up to Decca, which was just, uh, just uh, the other side of, just as you go over the bridge to, to, to to the palace, yeah. to the Houses of Parliament, just just before they are down on the embankment, and I got a bus from Brixton, and my mum gave me a, a, a tin, <laughs> tin, a tin a, a box, funny old box with an apple and a banana in it, and a sandwich, and they put me in a a, a booth, yeah. a booth in the studio. Never sung before in my life, and in those days, really? I had a 21-piece orchestra, 21-piece orchestra, and I'm standing in the booth, peering out. It like looked like the TARDIS, you yeah, know, from that television show, and I'm looking at all these these, you know, uh, uh, hundreds of musicians, there's 21 of them. How old would you have been then? Uh, 20 something, 20 wow. something. so daunting. Look, 12. Yeah. <laughs> 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 well, maybe 16. Um, I've always looked younger than I am. Thank goodness. Um, <laughs> 
Um, He's looking very good, I, ladies I and gentlemen. I've been in a wheelchair now. Yeah. The, um, so, so, I'm sta standing there, and the bass player makes a wrong note. Yeah. And they st had to go right back from the beginning. Uh, you know, four o'clock in the afternoon, they still hadn't got to the vocal, because everything had to be done there and live. Then. Live, yeah. that's it, live. And then you go on to other studios like Abbey Road where I went before the Zebra Crossing was there. In fact, I parked my car there. Um, Come in and join us, Kat, this is all lovely. The, all, the, uh, all the different labels I've been with. And, and of course, I, f I finished up with Joe Meek. Uh, and of course, you know, um, latterly, if you like, you know, you never see a musician. It's, it's all on track before. You just go in and, and put your voice Put your on. vocal over the top. And it's so much easier now. So tell it, I want to talk about Joe Meek in a bit. I want to talk about the Sex Pistols and I want to talk about Heinz as well. Heinz. Heinz yes. and his nose. But before that... They do love the nose. They love the bugle, don't they, these people? You know. <laughs> but how did you... A bit of nose off. It doesn't make you a bad person. <laughs> All right, we're going to talk about Heinz. Heinz no, no, no. I, I, I know exactly what you're going to talk about because it's, it's been well documented in the film uh, in which I played Larry Parnes. Yes. Um, the Joe Meek story. The Joe Meek star. story, and it's well documented there. Although they made it a comedy fight, right? And it was, but it was a, a real fight, wasn't it? Well, well it's a real fight. Um, I mean. I often think about this now because you're know, having an OBE and then thinking about my past. Um, but but that's life, isn't it? You you do become a proper person after a long period of time when you're not so proper. And I think it started with war babies, uh, but, but boys like me who went through the war and ne never knew whether they were going to be the, uh, uh, wake up mm. the next day because of the air raids were on, searchlights, um, uh, you know, you never went to school because you didn't have to. They thought you were killed in an air raid. That's another wow. story. I didn't go to school for six months. Wow. Um, and I, I told my mum I was going to school every day. Have a good day at school. I say, yes, I've had a good, good day at school. And she used to give me a, 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 a you know, a, a, a box with an apple in or whatever it was. And of course, um, where no, would you go then? No, she gave me, uh, I think it's tuppence halfpenny for the, my, my milk at school. And with that tuppence halfpenny, I bought a loaf. And I ate it through the day, and I was like Huckleberry Finn. I went to Brockwell Park and Crystal Palace. On your own, or with oh, yeah, mates? On my own, or yeah, I'm good on out. my own. Yeah, I'm good on my own. I'm either a leader or on my own. Wow. And um, and then six months later, and um, I used to come home school. Mum used to say, uh, "Have a good day at school." Oh yes, Mum. Yeah, I did. Had a good day at school. And then six months later. Uh, the school board man came around because they, they were late, you know, it, it's a lot, you know, they didn't come out the week later, six months later, yeah. he came around, he said to my mother, I'm sorry about the demise of your boy. Flipping she egg. went, demise of Michael, she was all cockney lady girl, she, she was wonderful, she was a South London beauty queen, she looked like Linda Darnell. Wow. Every yeah. Friday the mum, she used to come and pick us up from school and I loved it because she was the best looking yeah. mum. And I happened to be the best looking boy at school, so it was a good old dog. Yes. So anyway, the funny old scoreboard man comes around and says to my mum, I'm sorry about the demise of your boy. She went, demise? What do you mean, beaten demise? <laughs> she said, she, he didn't say, well, he's gone. He said, well, um, I, I, you know, uh, we, we assume, or words like that, that uh, he hasn't been to school for six months. Where he, he, you know, been killed in an air raid. Hasn't been to school for <laughs> six months, he said. Sling your bleeding hook. He goes to school every day. So, <laughs> Gerald, get down here. I want a word. Is that what she said? So actually, when I did come in, half <laughs> past three or four o'clock, have a good day at school, Jerry boy. <laughs> oh, yes, mum. 
Did Fatty Arbuckle give you the cane? Because Fatty Arbuckle, the headmaster, used to drop his cufflinks. I used to bend down, used to whack me up the oh, arse yeah, with yeah. his cane. Yeah. And then with a ruler on that part of the hand, on the knuckles, blood. Oh, yeah. blood. Oh, in those days. So... I said, yes, mum. He said, you rascal. She says, have you not been to school for six months? And she said, I'm going to put you in the, uh, under the stairs, uh, where the gingerbread boy lived. I thought she told me the gingerbread boy what? lived under the stairs. You know, they used to have coal holes in the old yeah, days. Yeah, yeah, of course. So you used to open the door and go down these steps where the coal was. Uh, and, and it was a dark old dingy place, and you, you know. thought the gingerbread boy lived Well, there. yeah, but she said there was a gingerbread boy, and if I was ever a naughty boy, I was a naughty boy, she'd put me in there with the gingerbread boy, and Gould Evan, God Evans, uh, what, what he's gonna do to you, <laughs> he's gonna gobble you up. What? <laughs> She's shaking and she puts me in the cupboard and I stand there oh, shaking, mate. but he never appeared. No. And then she let me out. But, uh, where were we? <laughs> <laughs> we were talking, we, let's do the Heinz story. Let's get it out of the way. You were talking oh, yeah, about how so, growing so, up in that environment. So I, I think, I think, I think because, you know, you've got no dad, he's, he's gone away. He's gone away. Um, uh, somewhere, because he's in the army, so you've got no father. Yeah. My mother, it becomes an, um, to help the w war effort, she becomes an ambulance driver. Right. So I'm living with my grandma in Camberwell. Very common, of course, in the war yeah, for, for that. very common, very common. Air raids every night, you don't know whether you're going to live or die. And, um, and, and I think it reflects on how you grow up, and then when you grow up, uh, and when you become, uh, you know, like a teddy boy, which I became. Right. There's... I didn't know it then, but I've thought about it since. There's a kind of anger in you um, yeah. that, that, that can easily be lit. You know, you're, you know, you don't. I mean, a good night out is is having a knee trembler or giving someone a kicking. You know, yes. I mean, that was yeah. the Teddy Boy code. And of course, I love the costumes. You know, the Teddy Boy costumes. By the way, I've not heard the phrase knee trembler for about thirty years. Well no, done. So we won't explain back. that. We <laughs> won't explain that. So, um, um, but um, I had a lot of those. But um, <laughs> the. Uh, the, uh, it's terrible. Stop it, Jess. So, um, uh, yes. I'm going to put you with the gingerbread boy if you don't oh, watch no, it. Oh, no, don't do that. So. You'll gobble you up. So, um, <laughs> you know, I, I'm a, t I, I'm a, I'm a thing. And then a few things happened, which we won't go into now because I'll be here all night. And I've got another gig in September. <laughs> and, um, what, what happened was, um, you know, you, you don't take falls easily, yeah. you know, because, because all of a sudden I'm a star. All of a sudden, I'm an enormous star. Women paint, the girls just fainting every time they see me on the street. Because mm. I've been on television, oh boy, when boy meets girl, six o'clock every Saturday. There's no social media. The kids watch that. Uh, and we turned black and white England into colour. We, 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 we brought the uh, new sound in long before the Beatles. It's hard to, to imagine now. What were there, two channels? Then there were, t there were yeah, two TV there, channels, and there were three shows. There was the film of the week. There was the play of the week, which is how I became famous because I played a pop played star. A pop star, yeah. Uh, and there was the London play of the week, and, and that it, was pretty, and, pretty much and it's it. Hollywood style stardom. We're not yeah. talking about you know your average TV star these days. It's not comparable. That's it. This was big news. You've got two channels. Everyone's going to be watching yeah. that thing. You know, this is, and you, you're right. You would have been huge at that point doing oh, well, those well, kind yeah. of things. Uh, I, 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 yes, because. Um, what happened was, um, as a, uh, young actor, um, I had, uh, been in repertory for, I started off as a film actor, but that's another story, but, but I've been in repertory earning seven pounds, uh, I've been a, a film extra earning, 
like um, whatever it was a day, 15 quid a day. And then uh, somebody came in and, and said a couple of words. And I said, oh, I can do that. I said, no, you can't. That's a different union. You're, that's equity. You're um, Film Artists Association. So, yeah. so um, and I said, well, I do, I do I, I'll become a member of equity. Then you have to go into rep. So I went into rep in Aberystwyth and places for uh, the, the, the same money that I was get, getting for, for, for one day's filming. Mm. That's why a lot of good-looking boys beca- stayed film extras because they didn't want to lose that money. Yeah. But, but I was so you ambitious. To put the work I, in. I knew I could do it. You know, I knew I had charisma and people looked at me. So I knew I, I, I could make it in the acting game. So, um, um, unfortunately, we've got to go back to Hines now. Do Hines we di- to get him out of the way, we, then he's we done. Di- we digressed a bit there. So, <laughs> I love it. I love so, your digressions. Um, I, I've got all, all these, and, and I'm, I've become a star because uh, I played a pop star on television, and, and I went to see Jack Good, who was much more important than Simon Cowell in those days, um, and he made me a pop star. But anyway, go back to Hines. I mean, Hines has never got so much publicity as this. And and most people won't even remember the name Hines. No, he, well, he, he was he was he was a Joe Meek boy. Yeah, and he, he, it was called um, just like Eddie, a, a tribute to Eddie Cochran, who's a dear dear friend of mine, uh, as they all were, of course. You know, um, I don't know anybody that's not in show business. So it's not that I've got a lot of show business friends. That's the only friends I've got. You know? Yeah, I'm, I don't know the Milkman. You know what I mean? I don't know ordinary people. <laughs> people um but they think oh you know he's always talking about stars well that's all that's I, I, your mates well i only mix with stars yeah. you know, I, I, they say where do you drink some people say where do you drink so what do you mean where do i drink well where do you go for a drink i don't go anywhere for a drink mm. i don't go down at the pub and have a drink i only i only leave my house if i'm doing something yeah and as you know f- Frankie Vaughan said, you know, directly you go outside, you open the door, you're on parade. So I'm always immaculately dressed, even for radio. Yeah, have a, yeah give a kick, have yeah. a look. Yeah. And, um, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I don't, um, am, I still, am I still talking? Tell anyway. me about buying bloody Heinz's nose off and oh, then yeah, we sorry. can move on from each other. Okay, Did so. Did he buy someone's nose off? So, yeah, apparently so. So, <laughs> so um, anyway, we're, we're in the, uh, we're, we're doing the show and, um, we're doing the show. And, um, I, we used to do, I used to have a dwarf, uh, bass player, I used okay. to ra- run through my legs, you know. Okay, of course, so, yeah, why and, not? and it was a gimmick, the, it, we were, the rock and roll was full of gimmicks, you yeah. know. You know, you, you put, you, you put your foot out, out of the corner, stage left, and it's actually your roadie with your shoe on, or a replica of your shoe. Yeah. And then you actually come on from the other side of the stage. Right, brilliant. So it's full of, you know, rock and roll is full of gimmicks. Yeah. It, it's full of, you know, it's, it's real showbiz. Yeah, even of course though we're is. funny old rockers. And, um, so we're doing this show and, um, I jumped up on the amp. I didn't usually do it, but I did it. And, 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 and as dwarfs run through your legs, you jump up on amps. Uh, no guitar players go on their knees. <laughs> you know. Yeah. And you say, go on, your dog, you know, play that thing. Take me down the road a piece, you know. <laughs> and it's all, it's all, it's all that, you know. And of course the people love it, you yeah, know. Yeah, of course they do. And, and as I'm, I am, I'm a proper rocker, I can stay, I can do that and yeah. get away with it. You know, look in the mirror and say, Jess, you're looking so good. Botox or us? Yeah, you know, <laughs> all of that, which is my other persona. Um, but, um, Heinz. Oh, yes. So, oh, um, <laughs> so. I'm doing the show, yes. and um, the um, Heinz comes in. He does his show. Heinz comes in. He does his show, and then I'm top of the bill, obviously. And uh, he, he comes in after the show, 
and and said um, that the uh, the uh, pig. Uh, no, I said the pig. He said he mentioned the bass player's name, his bass player's name, and I said, "What you mean, the pig?" Right. Well, what you mean, pig? Wait, <laughs> I said him, the pig. Yeah. Was it him? He said yes. I said, "What did he, what, what did he say then?" He said, "You jumped on the amp on your third number, and you know I do that." Oh, oh. so I said, so I said, oh, oh, I said, you know, <laughs> what, are you, what are you talking about? I said. Well, he said, you jumped up on the amp. I said, well, they all jump up on the amps. And he said, yeah, but you did this and you did that. I said, listen, let's face it, all of us, I said, we're all nicking Elvis Presley's act yeah. some way or the other. Well done. We always do a bit of Elvis, you know. The leg comes there, the diddly-dum comes there, the arm comes up there, you put your collar up, you know. you, uh, you know, Elvis Presley, there, famous for his diddly-dum. <laughs> oh, yeah, you're well, not allowed to show his diddly-dum so on American anyway, TV. And, and I saw this fight and he couldn't let, I, I said, Heinze, I said, Otherwise, I'm gonna, you know, I'm, you know. Yeah. No, no, he went on and on and on, and all I could see was this funny face going, well, you know, so I thought, I can't have any more of this. I, you know, I just, no. And I got hold of his, um, shirt collar, these, uh, these funny lapels yeah. of his car. I dragged him towards me and I nutted him. Oh God! Which you, when you're a teenage cockney boy, you learn at yeah. the age of nine. And and the 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 and and so his his um his um forehead forehead opened. Oh God! Was, oh good, that was a success. So that's open. There's claret coming out, and then he's still he's still giving it verbal. So then I grab him again. He no, wouldn't I'm stop. Laughing. This is horrible. No, it is horrible. Yeah. I, 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 you know, I, I, it is horrible. And, but he wouldn't stop. <laughs> so I grabbed these lapels again towards me, and I bit his nose. Oh. And and he went. <laughs> and and so I had the nose, in the, you know, in my mouth, kind of thing. And then I pushed him back against the wall, and then I spit the nose out on the floor. Oh. What, what was left of it? And then he finally. And then he fell he on... He shut up then, did he? No, 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 he was still going on and he, he went on the floor and I, I gave him a little bit of a kicking and, and I put it... I, the, and the kids were going, we want Jess. <laughs> we And I did it in time. We want Jess. This was on Kick. stage? No, he's on the floor in my dressing room. Oh, in the dressing room. We, okay, right. Oh, so they, you can hear him on about the front yeah, right. Keep, keep, keep with me. I'm William. sorry. I'm in the dressing room. The kids are screaming. Yeah. My fans. We want Jess. And on the word Jess, I would... Kicking again. We want Jess Bosch. We want Jess Bosch. And that was it. And that was it. And uh, Joe Meek uh, wrote me a letter and, and sacked me. And then I wrote a letter back saying, um, I was sorry, a, a lovely letter. And he said, oh, I know what you boys are like. And he, he forgave me. And Heinz and I became the greatest friends right. after that. And I used to look at him and I said, you know, Heinz, you remind me so much of the old days. He said, why is that? I said, well, that scar on your nose. I said, it, it, it reminds me of, you know, when we met. <laughs> I found... But we I'm did we did come... But honestly, I, I, I do regret it. That is what happened. And we did become really, really good I'm mates. I'm glad you became friends. We've got Jess Comrade here uh, in the studio. Um, and I'm glad you did because I found a really nice... We're big uh, fans and friends of Eddie Large on this show. We've had Eddie Oh, Eddie. I, I love Eddie. Eddie. I did Panto with him. I bet. And played golf with him. Oh, he's such a nice man. We oh. love him on it. And I found a great clip of the Little and Large show where it's all... It's all you lot. It's you, it's Heinz, it's Screaming Lord Such, because yes. people forget that he was a singer. I think there's someone else. And it's just this great 15-minute, 
like sketch and sort of little concert thing with all of you coming out and doing and you yeah, come out all pompous and all full of yourself. And and when did I come out? Last? I think you did. Oh yes, yeah, of course you I did. did. Otherwise I wouldn't have done the show. And um <laughs> Wee Willie Harris was on it. Wee Willie Harris, that was it. That and was I it. came out that was and it. Uh, did uh, Johnny Be Good. Yeah. To a standing ovation. It's a great clip. It's on YouTube. It's a great clip. And uh, I did Panto with them. Uh, uh, Jim Davison directed us uh, up north somewhere. And I started playing villain. Then I played the sheriff. Right. Uh, the sheriff of uh, of Nottingham. Um, and um, I, I'm a very old Flynnish. And uh, I remember once uh, Jim got very upset because in the in the fight. With the, with, uh, with the, uh, uh, I'm the sheriff and the fight with Robin Hood, Robin Hood should win. Yeah. And this particular night, I had people in. So, Robin Hood got stabbed. <laughs> Can't even look at him. And he, and he had to fall down and pretend he was dead. Oh. So, Jim said, why did you do that? I said, I had people in. I've got people in. Listen, let's take a quick break. Um, uh, Amy, let's play the ads. When we come back, can we come back to track 26, uh, Lock Up Your Daughters, please? Because I really want to hear that. Uh, we've got Jess Comrade in. This is The Late Night Alternative. Ian Lee, Catherine Boyle, weeknights from 10 on Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Tonight, 
Here we go. Here we go. Jess Conrad, you old horn dog. My goodness. <laughs> I like that me. because I wrote it. Do you do you and, get money now? And, and you said you liked the guitarist. That was Junior Campbell of Marmalade. Oh, great! That and was it was ma- it was made by a conglomerate of us all mates. Uh, D- Dave D was on that. Of Dave D, yeah, Dozy, Dozy, easy for you to remember. I know yeah. yeah. he's my best friend. Then and uh, and Junior Junior Campbell, uh, he uh, he arranged the whole thing. And uh, it originally out. Uh, went out under the thing of men. We men, were that men. was the name, wasn't that it? That was that was the little group we called the men. For the, it, it's on the new CD, Jess for you, Jess Comrade, the definitive collection. It's a double CD. It's on Cherry Red Records, which is a great label. Go go and look at their website when you're ordering this. They've got some great stuff. There's uh, well, there's over sixty tracks uh, on it. Now it says in the booklet's incredible as well. And it says in the booklet, Jess Conrad, he once sold flowers from a stall at London's Marble Arch. Is that true? Yes. Was that the, was that the, was that the job? Yeah, that was a job. Yeah, yeah. Um, that was a job. And, uh, I had a, a lady, uh, women play a big part in my life. A, a lady used to come and, uh, and buy flowers from me. Yeah. And, uh, said that, um, you know, I was, well, I know, which is that something like, you're the best looking flower boy I've ever seen. Something like that. And we got talking and stuff, and, uh, she paid Knee for- trembler? Pardon? Knee trembler? Um, I, um, I've, I've, uh, anyway, the, um, <laughs> how can Jess Conrad be speechless? Um, well, suffice to say, she paid for me to go to drama school. Wow. So, make up your own. <laughs> and, um, so, so that that was that was what it. What else? What did Mum think of you wanting to be an actor? Did she see that as a proper career, or did she think that was just oh, nonsense? Oh yes, oh yes, did oh yes. She? And when when I was when I was, uh, I, you know, I almost lived at the London Palladium. Right. I was doing shows at the London Palladium, and she used to uh, throw up flowers. Did she really? And I said to I said Mum, and I didn't know how to tell her off, but I did say Mum, it's a bit. A bit feminine for flowers. Yeah. Could you butch it up a bit? Butch? What do you mean? I said, well, you know, don't f- those uh, th- throw up a sausage roll, but uh, <laughs> there must be something else. <laughs> so she said, so that was it. Upset her. Yeah, yeah, uh, really. Flowers. So anyway, now I'm doing Night of a Hundred Stars with Gene Kelly. Mm. Um, and Gene Kelly comes out. Uh, and stays centre stage. We weren't positioned, so obviously I got next to him. Yeah. Oh. So I'm next to, and, 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 and we're doing the, the curtain call. Mum, who was standing at the back for five shillings, hurtled down the London Palladium centre aisle with a box of chocolates that she got somehow from the display window of, of the local sweet shop. Yeah. And it was almost as big as, well, it was like, like a huge yeah, box of, with these big, uh, terrible corners, you know, really hard cardboard. Uh, and she hurled these box of chocolates up at me, hit Gene Kelly in the temple, <laughs> blood spurted out like from a whale, Clara went zump, he held this and went, huh? You know, and she said to him, first term names, sorry, Gene. Sorry, Gene. <laughs> to Gene Kelly, who's holding blood, claret coming all over the stage. Sorry, Gene. They're for my son, <laughs> Jess. And he's gone, who the f- is Jess? <laughs> I'm standing next to him. Now, the, the curtain comes across. 
the royal family are waiting to come on to shake everybody's hand. Yes. He's holding his hand like oh this God. with clout going everywhere. The first day people come in, because there's always first day people aside of the stage, mm. they patch him up with a band. They're sweeping, they're sweeping sweets up from the floor mm. and, and the chocolate box is all over the floor because the, the royal family are coming on. Yeah. And they, anyway, they come on, we shake our hands and, and everything and, uh, and I, I, and, uh, I gave her a sort of telling off, um, so she went back to throwing flowers. Oh, bless your poor mum. You're, but she was proud of you, though. She loved oh, it. She, oh, she was a I wonderful, she was. wonderful person. Stood next to someone like Jean South Kelly. South London beauty queen. Yeah. Uh, looked like Linda Darnell, the, yeah. the star of that era. Uh, and she could paint. She painted some wonderful pictures of me, and of course she was so thrilled when I made it and played Good. Jesus in Godspell and uh, 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 and Joseph because she was, she, you know, she was she went to church and stuff. So she was a, a proper lady. You were never meant to be. A, you were an actor, and mm. you got the gig as a pop star by being mm. in a was it a TV play about a pop star? There was there was a, a um, um, you know in those days there was the player of the week, the film of the week, and the Palladium. And uh, they were looking for the idea of of this uh, Barney Day was that they were going to put um, um, a new rock star on at the London Palladium, um, but they were going to make a composite face. Right. In other words, the best nose in the world, the best ears in the world, the best teeth in the world. And so take uh, Kirk Douglas's nose, Rock yeah. Hudson's ears, whoever had the best of that face, you know, the, so it would make the most beautiful face. Um, the photographer uh, t taking the picture was, um, um, I, I was his young brother. Right. And he didn't want the, f the fuss of taking all these bits and pieces of, of famous people. He just took a picture of his, his young brother, yeah. which was me. And uh, I, I I finished up. Paul Carpenter played them. Okay, he was quite a big fit star then. And um, so I, I I finished up going on the Palladium and singing one number. Mm. Um, and um, and they even dubbed my voice. There was a, a singer then called Gary Mills had okay. a hit called Look for a Star. Right. So they used his voice. Uh, and and uh, um, uh, f four weeks after that, I was the biggest rock star in England. Isn't that incredible? So it's amazing. So um, so I went to see Jack Good uh, because that weekend the the show was on the Friday. That weekend the papers were full of it. Who is Barney Day? You know, and the kids went because there was no social media then. No. You know, and they'd seen something that they liked. Um, um, and the, the press went mad. Who is Barney Day? They, they hooked onto this thing, you know, and it was actor called, actor called Jess Conrad, you know, Bubba, which is another story how I got the name. Uh, so I went to see Jack Good and I hunted him down and he was in a, um, a church hall in Chiswick. And Jack Good was a huge pr uh, producer. Bigger than Simon Carl. Yeah. Bigger than Simon Carl. Was it 6-5 special? Yeah, was that six, one of five, his? Very, very plummy voice. Yeah. You couldn't get anywhere near him. Right. Uh, he was more difficult to get hold of than Simon Cowell. Yeah. He was top, top man. Very educated, uh, Toff's accent, but loved, loved, lived and breathed rock and roll. Yeah. He gave everybody their image. Uh, he said uh, to, to um, anyway, when I went to see him, um, I went in, in this room, uh, in, in the hall, and there there was, you know, Eddie Cochran, uh, Gene Vincent, all these big rock and roll stars, and I walked in, and he looked up, because, you know, when I walk in anywhere, they do stop, you know. It's one of the funny things I've got, I suppose. Well, they're, they're worried said, you're oh, going to bite their noses <laughs> off. That's the thing. 
Everyone puts their hands over their hooters. Stop it. I've lost track of the plot. No, now. you walked in and there's Eddie Cochran and Gene Vincent. So yes, and so I walked in <laughs> and he he said no, stop. And I said, I, what do you want? I said, oh, I'm sorry. I said, I, I'm just. He said, I know who you are. Everybody knows who you are. Yeah. What do you want? So I said, well, I, I'll talk to you. So I, and he he dismissed. He said, oh, well, we call it a day, boys. He said. Uh, and Eddie Cochran and Gene Vincent walked out, walked, walked past me. I thought, oh, never duck, you know, they walked past me. And, uh, he said, no, I said, well, I, you know, I, I said, I'm just, he said, everybody knows who you are. He said, the, 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 the press have gone crazy. And I said, yes, I thought perhaps I could compare one of your, one of your shows. Mm. He said, can you sing? I said, no, 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 I can't sing. He said, well, let me audition you. So he gave me a broomstick to move around. <laughs> Uh, and I could move very well because I used to go to Paris with au pair girls in those days and win jiving competitions. <laughs> no, you can't just throw that into the mix. Well, you au pair to... girls were like, they were, everybody had an au pair girl. Yeah. And, uh, you go to and, Paris and, 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 and they used to hang around cafes in the West End, which, yeah. which, which I, you know, frequented. So anyway, so, so I could move. So I'm moving well and I'm singing a song, finish that. And he said, well, Jess, he said, you can't sing a note, but I can make you a, a pop star by next weekend. Wow. I said, how can you make me a pop star by next weekend if I can't sing? He went, and he pointed at me and said, I want that face. There you go. And I was called the face of 1960, um, and it was all to do with the face. Yeah. Um, and I went on his shows, um, and I was voted England's most popular singer uh, by the New Musical Express. I had a deck of recording contract, and I did Oh Boy, uh, Wham, and Boys Meets Girls. Mm. Three shows on a Saturday before all the social media, so all the kids watched the, uh, watched the shows. Um, and actually, we, that era before the Beatles, we changed uh, black and white England into colour. Yeah. You know, I was going to uh, say, do, do you, uh, did you get angry with bands like the Beatles? Because the Beatles, Sort of, not quite killed. Well, maybe they did. They they oh, got no, rid they, of singers like they you. Killed a, they killed a Stone Dead. Yeah, the, and, the and, solo uh, singer was replaced they, by four I mean, guitars. I mean, then they no, they killed. Didn't kill me, Stone Dead. No, no, no. You still got the career. Yeah, uh, they. I went in and did uh, Jesus and Godspell and Joseph and did plays. Uh, I did some wonderful work. Uh, Night Must Fall. I played. Uh, Eminem Williams wrote it and played the lead when he was young. I played that. I did a, a show called The Knack, which there was a film of. I toured that for, for a long time. So I went into theatre, which, which, which I really quite liked. I really liked it. My, my thing on the Beatles were they, they were great, but they were so in contrast to us. They were, they were scruffy. It was a different look altogether. Yeah. You know, to come on at the London Palladium, uh, for, for the, for the, the variety the of show of the year, the Royal Command performance with, um, John Lennon with, uh, with a Durex on his shoe, you know. Did he? Yeah. Wow. Walked on with the Was that the rattle your jewellery? Yeah, 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 yeah. That was the whole thing. And of course, in, in those days, you couldn't be married. Uh, my yeah. agent said, if you get married, you know, it's finished. The contract goes and everything. I'm only mentioning that because with a stroke of a pen, because John Lennon was married, mm. with a stroke of a pen, it was okay to be married. Yeah. Just like that. And we went through, I mean, you know, I, I got married secretly in Holland and uh, I did live in Saint-Tropez for a long time, away from the spotlight. And, 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 um, 
Where was I? Stay there. We're going to take a break. He's taking a, some, uh, some breath, which means I can butt in. When we come back, <laughs> quick break. When we come back, I want to hear about Adam West. Oh, yes. And you, you playing Adam West. Uh, this is, I'm enjoying this so much. We've got Jess Conrad here. I'm Ian Lee. We've got Catherine Boyle. This is Talk Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. Unfiltered Night Talk with the original king of unconventional conversation on Talk Radio. This is the Late Night Alternative. Hello, Catherine Boyle. Hello, I'm looking at pictures of Jess Conrad. <laughs> yeah, we don't need to, he's there. He's I know, but there. it's such a nice pastime. Am I, is it, now I've got this, the Jess for you, double CD. Yeah, Cherry Red Records. And it's yes. got a picture of you here holding a gun, and it says, Audition for James Bond, 1968. Yes. Did you uh, audition? George Lazenby got it. What a mistake that was. What a terrible mistake. Did I, you audition? Wow, uh, go on. Um, I auditioned for it, and, um... Well, it's a, a very long story. Well, it looks I, good to me. I was with um, I was with um, one of my actor friends, um, and um, oh, I can't think of his name. That's okay. Uh, now, one of my actor friends, and I said, you know, um, the stars have got blue eyes. He said, "What do you mean?" I said, "Well, you know, um, you know, you look at Paul Newman. They got wonderful blue eyes." And I said, "I think we should get blue eyes, and then we'll be stars." He said, "Well, you're doing well." I said, "He said, you know, you're on television all the time. You're making films." And he said, "And he was doing the, um, he was doing a series. Um, he was doing a series with someone, a very famous series, um, with the man with the with the with the bowler hat. Went to America." Uh, the, uh, not the prisoner, no. No, remember the bowl hat and, and the lovely blonde girl. The Avengers. The, the Avengers. The Avengers, who was that in they, the Avengers? That was, um, uh... You play Steed. It was, um, uh, <laughs> what's his name? Kinky Boots, the Kinky yes, Boots guy. Hang on. Hang well, on. No, no, she was Kinky Boots' girl. Yeah, she was, she was Donna Blackman and he was... Um, he was, anyway... Patrick McNee. Patrick McNee. No, no, no. The young, other one. Younger, young, the, the, young. The, the, the coffee actor. guy. Gareth Hunt. Yeah, Gareth. There we go. So, New Avengers. We're, 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 we're out of future. It's after it's like a game of golf. It's like a meeting at the old people's home, <laughs> the three of us. I did tell you before the show, if I go blank, you know. <laughs> so, Gareth Hunt, and he said, no, you're doing it. I said, no. I, he said, well, look, okay. He said, you look into it. So, I looked into it, and um, they, in those days, you, you get contact lenses, but they weren't um, they weren't um, prescribed I in any way. In other words, um, you couldn't see through them. Right. You look. I put them on, on and, and you know, I looked like the man from Atlantis, but I couldn't see anything. Right. Okay. So I said, I've got these eyes, and I don't know what they were, but they were quite expensive. Then like, they were a hundred pounds each or fifty pounds each. So I said, look. Um, I, so he, he gave me half the money, and and I said, look, you keep the left eye, and I'll keep the right mints. And I said, every time we get an audition, <laughs> you bring the left eye over. <laughs> So that's what we did every time he had an audition. So I had an audition for James Bond, and I said, he said, what you, what, what, what are you auditioning for? And I didn't want to tell him it was James Bond, otherwise he'd get onto it, you know. I said, it's some funny old commercial, you know, so he brought the left mints over. So I drove into London, and I drove into London uh, to, 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 to meet uh, Chubby Broccoli, and of course I didn't have my eyes in because I, I couldn't drive, because yeah. you can't see through them. So when I got there, the casting director said, oh, I'm glad you've arrived, Jess, he said, because because somebody hadn't turned up and he'll see you now which I wasn't quite ready for because right. I thought you know I'd take a breath and I was all bonded up you know thing so I ran up the stairs and I knocked on the door and I can imagine a chubby broccoli or cubby broccoli whatever his name was was sitting uh, in the office with a cigar and he went come in and just as I was about to go in I thought 
I didn't put my eyes in. Of course, watch your language. Well, I didn't. I said, no. I, I, he said, flip it, yeah. Flip it. I said, yeah, I said, flip yeah, it. Exactly, I said, yeah. I've got my eyes in. So he said, um, who said? No, nobody said anything. Yeah, I said, I thought, I haven't got my eyes in. So, so, and now remember, Chubby Brock is in the other room waiting for Bond, yeah. he hopes, come through the door. So, um, I try and put my left eye in and, and it falls on the carpet. Oh, God. So I, I pick it up and I put it in. But it's got a bit of carpet in it, you know, so now I'm, uh, I can't see in that eye. So then I put the other eye in, and now I can't see, I can't see through any eye. So I walk in, <laughs> a la James Bond, because yeah. I know how he walked, and I, and, and, and I flick my, my cuffs, and I swung open the door. Now ordinary people then turn their back on whoever they're talking to and close the door. But actors don't do that. John Wayne was the best ever mover and everything, the way you do things. Where you walk in a room, you open the door like that and close it behind you. Right, yeah. And then you never, you, you're, you're front, front stage all the time. So I walked in, uh, did the door business, closed the door, flipped my, my, and the best James one, I went, my name's Conrad, Jess Conrad, flicked the cuffs, winked, and I heard a voice say, I'm over here. <laughs> I didn't know where he was. I couldn't see him. <laughs> he so didn't get it. Then, then, no, I didn't get it. And I said, when I left the room, I walked into the broom cupboard. So he phoned down to the casting director. He said, your, your, your star's up. He said, it's the broom cupboard. You better come and get him. <laughs> I love you so much. You're coming back again, Jess. You recently played Adam West. Yes. In a movie. And yeah. when you, cause I bumped into you a couple of weeks ago when you were in for Dan Wooten's show and I brought my boys in and I walked in and suddenly Jess Conrad's in. I got a bit flustered and you were telling me then about playing Adam West and yeah. it makes perfect sense cause you look so much like him. Yeah. But what was, what was the film? Well, it, well, it was, it was, uh, it was Adam West, um, um, like Adam West, uh, yeah, Adam West died of leukemia at yeah. 81. He was diagnosed with leukemia. Within four weeks, he was dead. So they were looking for somebody to play uh, Adam West, uh, Batman. Adam West is the actor that played him uh, from the age of 60. So um, nowadays, um, you have to do everything yourself. Uh, you don't go into audition. You have to do it all over the, uh, you know, the internet and stuff. So the the thing was, I, they they uh, the, I had to watch the, his biography. Yeah. Um, and he was a bit childlike, m mid mid America. In fact, when they first started doing the Batman series, the producers were very worried because it was very childish. Yeah. They said, what are these two doing? This is ridiculous. But then it clicked and it really was funny. It was a big hit. But that was his sense of humor. You know, he, he had a very boyish sense of humor. Anyway, so, um, I had to, they, they, they sent me a picture of him when he was 60. So I actually had to age up because, because, you know, I, I, I did look better than him, uh, which wasn't a, wasn't a surprise in my life. So, um, I, I, I grayed up and put glasses on, put my hair forward gray and I got the part immediately. Yeah. And, um, I went down there and, um, I was very thrilled to get it because I played Jesus. Uh, in Godspell, I played Joseph in Joseph and Amazing Technical Dreamcoat, uh, and I've I've played now I've played Batman. I mean, it, it, Trump must be next, mustn't he? <laughs> he must be next. The President of the United States, for ne the President of the United States must have uh, my eyes. He must have my good looks, and what's more important than anything, my sex appeal. <laughs> and the next President of the United States will be <laughs> Jess Conrad. <laughs> so I've got to play him next. Yes, I can see it. So. 
I went down and I was really thrilled to make it because, because you know, uh, 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 it's a famous person mm. and I did look. And when I walked in, the director was so thrilled and the, and the wardrobe master gave me the costumes and they were fine. And then he gave me these Chelsea boots, which, you know, Chelsea boots. I've Remember got a pair of Chelsea boots. I love exactly. them, yeah. you still got them. Oh, I've still got they them. They must pen a bit. <laughs> the, and they're with the, with the elastic sides. Yeah. So, but I've got size 11. I'm size 11. And uh, he gave me size 10. Yeah. You know, and I've got size 11. <laughs> we all know what that means, Jess. We all oh, know what that means. Uh, what the, yeah, anyway. So <laughs> I've got size... So I've Big tried socks. to put these... I, I get the best out of everything if I can. <laughs> what does that mean? No, so I've tried to put these... i tried to put these boots on, and I put them on, and... and they were agony and yeah. i said to the wardrobe master i said these are agony i can't walk about in these he said don't worry jess he said every time you do a scene i'll come and take your boots off and i said okay if that's where we are if you can't get in because he, he insisted i wear these chelsea boots so we did that that's what we did i took boots off rested he came we come to the last day come to the last day and i and um i, I do the scene I'll get ready to do the scene, but um, we can't find the wardrobe master. He's gone AWOL. Now, in the old days, as you probably know, you could have asked the tea lady or the third assistant to take your boots off, but you can't do it because of the unions. Nobody yeah. will touch your boots. No one. So I'm there and I'm saying to the director, I could, they're looking for him. Where's the wardrobe master? Ward he's not there. He's not there. So he's, the director said, well, he said, look, I, you know, you want to get finished today. He said, why don't you get, you'll have to do, get in bed with your boots on. I thought to myself, get in bed with my boots on to do the death scene of Adam West, one of the biggest <laughs> stars in the world. Hey, in bed with Chelsea. So I got in bed with Chelsea, I bollock naked. I got in bed doing the death scene, bollock naked with Chelsea boots on and wife fronts. And I've got my wife on the end of the bed. By this time, she's crying because she's a method actress and she's got into the bar. Got my, my two young kids there. And, 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 and the director, this is the last scene. He says, it's been great working with you, Jess. He said, you know, this is the last scene. It's a very important scene. And I was in such agony. I was in such agony. His boots were so tight. Tears were running down my face before we even started the scene. Yeah. He did the scene, finished the scene, loved it, wrap it. That's great. Jess, he said, uh, he said, you know, always call me Mr. Conrad. He wouldn't call me Jess. Mr. Conrad says, it's been great working with you. He said, and we must work uh, again together. He said, and I have to say, he said, that last scene, he said, that last scene, that was some acting, Mr. <laughs> Conrad. He said, even I felt the pain. I thought to myself, even you thought in pain. I said, I was dying. <laughs> Tears were running down my cheeks. I was in such pain. So that was that. Oh, Jess, it's so nice to have you in. The hour's gone. Gone? It's done. Where's it gone to? Well, I don't know. It's disappeared. There's so much. We didn't even get to talk. I didn't even sing a medley of my... You only played two tracks. <laughs> <laughs> we'll play another I one. I was a fool to myself. <laughs> but you... We didn't... We've got literally 30 seconds. We didn't even get to talk about Last Laugh in Vegas, that brilliant show. Yes, when I played myself. Yes, you did. They said, they said, um, there's a, um... Uh, a chef there and a, and a, and somebody to look after the the house. When I got there, there wasn't anybody there at all. No, they and stitched they said, you up. They, I was heavily stitched up. <laughs> yes, but I just in the end, I just played myself, and it, it kind of worked. You know, it was a, was it fun to do? It was a great yeah, show. it was great fun. We great mates. We all got on very well together. For those we talked about it a lot on this show, we Cannon and Ball. It, we? we were obsessed with it. Cannon and Ball. Kenny Lynch, um, Bobby Crush. Anita Sue Harris, Supard, you went to Las oh, Vegas. The thing is, we're all good friends, so we, we oh, have a wonderful looked. time. And, uh, of course, when we were there, 
uh, and and we only had three days to put that show on, and uh, it, uh, you know it was uh, very important that we kept at it. And of course, the gunman uh, killed all those people. Mm. Mm. Uh, we oh, woke there, up that morning. That happened, we were you? there, and uh, wow. they said, you know, what are we going to do? Nobody's working. Um, uh, and you don't have to work because uh, the uh, it, it's in club uh, club uh, everyone's closed. It's yeah. you know nobody's around, but we can rehearse if you want to. And then the old saying, because we had to do it because we had the sh- I, we said you know the show must go yeah. on, so we rehearsed. Yeah, I mean the the, the American kids didn't come in, but we rehearsed because we we had just had to, and it was very very strange that, yeah. because. Uh, when we got to the to the uh, rehearsal studio, you could actually see the hotel where it happened. Wow. It was a terrible, terrible time. Yeah, must terrible have been time. incredible. We, it was an amazing series. We had Tommy Cannon on, of course, who uh, told us about it. Tommy Cannon, yeah. just, I mean, Cannon and Ball were so funny in that program. They were. I would like to say, I'll give all of you Tommy, guys Tommy, Tommy! <laughs> and to get out of his way, Tommy used to sunbathe every day, and I said, you're mad sunbathing in this weather, even, and I love the sun. Yeah. And, but I think he used to do it, because Tommy used to make it, he said, put the kettle on, Tommy, eggs and bacon. He phoned his wife 20 times a day, yeah. and poor Tommy was doing eggs and bacon three all day long. <laughs> so he went out and sunbathed, and I told him not to, and the last day he got a funny thing on, he said, Manoma, you know. Oh, blimey. <laughs> Done it now. You've got a bit of skin cancer, but it, it <laughs> got a bit of skin cancer. I, I told you. I told you. Not Listen, to do it. we're out of time. There's a great but double it was CD. Okay. It's gone now. But please be quiet now, Mr. Comrade. Please, sir. OBE. Uh, we got. There's a great double. Oh, big head. There's a great double CD just for Old you. Old time Butler's entertainer. I'm ignoring him now. Jess Comrade. It's on um, Cherry Red Records. I thoroughly recommend. It. It's a beautiful little package. So nice to see you, Jess. For please, collectors only. Please come in again, man. That's everybody. Because it makes it. We get paid the same and we do hardly any talking you must be thrilled to you must be thrilled to have a real star on your show (laughs) and and i'm so thrilled for you (laughs) i am he's coming in after you go now (laughs) i'm teasing i'm teasing right we'll be back kenny lynch we'll be back without jess after this this is talk radio the late night alternative with ian lee on talk radio we have ways of making you talk
we go, here we go. Just keep moving on. So if you wanna join me for a while. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand, dear listener. Like that solo style. Maybe tomorrow I'll find what I call home. Until tomorrow, you know I'm free to roll. I love guests like Jess Comrade, because I haven't got to do a thing. You just wind them up and let them tell their stories. And do you know what? We didn't, I was, he came in half an hour early and, um, we didn't even touch the surface. We'll definitely get Jess back again because I love, here's the thing, right? I love that old school showbiz uh, 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 lifestyle. The people, we didn't even get to talk about Joe Meek. He, he recorded with Joe Meek for crying out loud. And I really wanted to pick his brains. He told us a bit about him before, um, before we came in and how Joe Meek dressed up in drag to record Sandy Shaw's parts. Yeah, I know. Um, and, and it, it's not that long ago, 1961, 62, but it's like a different world. It's like a different world and it is wonderful and it is a joy to hear those stories and we will definitely uh get jess back good evening dear listener this is the late night alternative with me ian lee Catherine will be back in a bit uh, last night tonight she's off for a week on holiday outrageous behavior uh if you want to give us a call now is a great time we've got an empty switchboard so now would be the perfect time to pick up the phone and give us a call. You know the rules. You can call in about absolutely anything you want. I've got some bits and, pe- pe- uh, bits and pieces to talk about. But, uh, yeah, I mean, some of them are quite interesting. Some of them, uh, I don't know, you know. But uh, you, you can phone in about anything you want. It can be a news story. It can be something big. It can be something small. It can be something personal. It can be absolutely anything you want oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand and what i will say is i have listened i haven't heard anything right no one's told me anything but have you seen the way talk radio is is kind of changing if you i don't know if you've noticed that if you listen to the rest of the schedule or schedule i can never remember which way we say it i think we say schedule in this country it's getting a little bit it's getting a little bit, uh, it's getting a little bit Tommy Robinson rebel rousing. <laughs> it's getting a bit significantly right wing. And uh, listen, no one has told me anything. My listening figures are great. They're the greatest they've been for a long, long time. But I do, Catherine and I have talked about this kind of, and we, I, we do think that we, we stick out like a right old liberal sore thumb. Do you know what I mean? And we're not particularly left or liberal or anything like that, but we we kind of stick out. There's, you know, when you've got um, d- 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 Julia Hartley Brewer and uh, Mike Graham and all of these people that are certainly, you know, to the right of Genghis Khan. And then there's me and Kath coming on and doing stories about, hey man, let's 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 talk about, you know, Jess Comrade and let's uh, let's play the littlest hobo, man, and let's let's all peace and love and love each other and, and Trump's a racist and Boris Johnson's a racist and all of that. And I do kind of think, and it's partly my own insecurities, you know, I'm a very insecure person, but I, I, you do kind of think, well, when the contract comes to an end in March, March the 20th, 2020, that'll be four years, that'll be the long, I think, I think the longest gig I've ever had at one radio station. Are we still going to be here 
in, oh, we've got August, September, October, November, December, January, February, March. That's, that's, that's five, six, seven, eight months. That's eight months. Will we still be here? I don't know. I don't know. I'm hoping that they like us sticking out uh, like a sore thumb. But they might not. What I'm trying to say is, in a roundabout way, is use it or lose it. You know, this show may not be here early next year. I don't know. So, phone up. Phone up. Don't tweet me next year and go, oh, man, really, really miss your radio show. I, I wish I'd phoned in. Don't send me those tweets and those emails because the, they ain't no good to nobody. If you want the show to work and if you want, um, you know, to be part of it, do it now while it's still here. 0344 And here's a weird thing. Kath, as I say, is away tomorrow. Uh, and his way the rest of this week and next week. I haven't done a solo show for ages. I don't know if I've done a solo show in what in a in a year. Um, I don't I don't know. So I'm getting quite nervous. Even sat here these ten minutes without Kath while she's off making sure Jess Comrade doesn't steal anything. Um, even this feels a little bit weird, and um. A little bit vulnerable, and part of me is thinking, oh, do I, do I remember how to do this? Oh, at least I'm sure it'll be all right, and I'm sure it'll come back. But it feels very uh, naked and exposed, being sat here on my own, having not done a show on my own for ages. I, I think within the year, and boy, oh boy, hasn't a lot happened uh in the last six months for me um you know so much has happened so what i'm saying is for god's sakes i am actually cacking myself a little bit please for the love of all that is god good and holy phone in very simple we don't really grill you about what you've called in for you'll speak to amy tonight she will take your name and number and will call you straight back you don't even get asked what you want to talk about you just come on don't swear. Don't be libelous. We've got a seven-second delay. Um, oh, I should say, a, a swear may have gone out during Jess Comrade. It may have gone out during Jess Comrade. Just log that I'm saying this at 12 minutes past 11, please, Amy. A swear may have gone out during Jess Comrade. If it did, I apologise, of course. Never what this show is about. And um, I wasn't sure. I thought it hadn't. And then afterwards, someone said, oh, maybe it did. So if it did, I'm really, really sorry. It's not what the show is about. And, and, and I apologise. And, and uh, hopefully you'll accept my apology. Right. Onwards and upwards. Let's not, um, let's not, you know, be a dick. 0344. I don't know. Four nine nine one thousand. Let's go to Christina. Good evening, Christina. Hello. Hello, hi. Christina. I am. Uh, how am I? Um, I'm all right actually. I'm in a really, really good place, but I'm I'm dealing with someone who is oh. being very who I'm, I'm dealing with someone who's making me very, very angry. Okay. And I'm powerless over what they say and what they do and I am just I'm having to stick up for myself against this person which I, I don't think I've ever done and mm. it's making me very anxious and I'm being deliberately vague because I don't want to launch you know I don't want to say who it is or even hint at who it is mm. but it's um today I've just been engaged in a conversation on text and even now, thinking about it, Christina, talking about it, I can feel a knot 
in my stomach. Oh, God. Just yeah, rising. I get that. Yeah. Go on. What's happened to you then? Um, um, yeah, no, I've just had a pretty stressful conversation. I've just tuned in and I've just caught up on the fact that it's about um, other people not calling in. Like you say, it's like the regulars that call in. Yeah. Um, but I, I've been spreading the word. I didn't uh, finish what I was going to say uh, yesterday, the tattoo artist. Oh, go on then, finish it. Well, yeah, no, yeah, so the tattoo artist. Yes. They're all about you. The what? He's 22, he's a youngster, he's a big fan, he listens to your show. Yeah. So I said, call in. What, ta- hang on, what, ta- I forgot what we were talking about, what, what tattoo artist? Oh, do, do you remember when I was trapped in the bathroom? <laughs> were you trapped in the bathroom, or were you just just hanging out in there? Uh, 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 awkward. Um, <laughs> what was go- what was going on? Uh, I've got to be quiet to the neighbours. Okay. Um, okay. Okay. Yeah. But, oh, I, I bought tickets for um, your show, by the way. Which which one are you coming to? The one in in Bath? The London one. Oh, the film. Yeah, the one where the one where I said I couldn't come because I got pet shop boys, and I thought sort yourself out. Hey, you're going to come and see my cousin oh. Vinny? Oh, well, you'll oh. have a right old laugh. Come, well, make sure you come and introduce yourself, Christina. I will. I Beautiful, will. lovely. Yeah, look out for my teeth. I, I will. Your teeth. <laughs> Now I've got big white teeth. Well, there's, there's, there's you, there, there, well, this is the thing, there's you coming. I know there's a woman as well coming who posts nudie pictures on Twitter. Um, well, it's not me. No, I know it's not, oh God, I know it's not you, but. No, 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 but there is one where I've got, um, Jodie Marsh on a picture with, um, protein shakes over hers and one quite small, so I put pill bottles there. So oh. Picture me on Twitter like that. Wow. Okay. Well, it's going to yeah. be. It's going to be a great, September the fourteenth. Yeah. We're showing my cousin Vinny at the two North Down yeah, in London. So, like, so I'm rallying up the troops. That's Do what I mean. it. But you just stay in. Like people not calling in. Do it. Thank you. Your well, support. Any, anyone I talk to, I tell them the show's amazing. It's really helped me out. And yeah. Thank you, Christina. We I, we appreciate the support. You know, we're a strange little silly cultish show. I know, but I love. Me too. I love Strange and Silly, and I don't yeah. get why more people don't love Strange and I, Silly. I don't get it. I, I know. Well, we're the fantastic minority. Okay. Well, Christina, do you feel um, do you feel that you have finished it? Uh, what the call or the, life? The, no, not life. Jesus Christ, no. <laughs> the call. Um. Uh, uh, possibly, yeah, uh, uh, or is there more? I, I, I do you want, think I have. Do you want, what do you, well then go on, what, what else do you want to say? Um, oh, I don't know, oh, I don't know, I'm a bit boring, I? I don't know. I've no, a bit shut of up, are you boring? What are you talking about boring? Oh, 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 I'm not really, um, <laughs> no, I've had a really tough day, and, uh, I mean, I've told you about my mum and the inheritance and all that kind of jibber-jabber. Yeah. Um, oh gosh, I don't know where I'm going now, um. Don't, 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 don't let it fall down like this. You can do this. Go on. What is there, is there something? Oh, it's better than the Samaritans, this. <laughs> well, yeah, well we, we, we don't mind doing those kind of calls. Is, are, are you all right? Um, you sound a little bit confused and yeah. a little bit, a little bit, um, I, I'm, I'm saying paranoid, but I, I don't oh, mean that oh, as an insult. Oh, yeah. Oh, no, I, yeah, no, I just worry about what people think that... Yeah, paranoid. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh, uh, paranoia. I don't. Paranoia implies that it's imagined, and I don't mean it. I don't m- want to sound like I'm saying you're imagining something. It, it may be something that is completely real. Yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Oh God, don't even know where to start. Um, All right. 
Well, listen, you know you can call us up any time and you can say anything. Well, I, we... I clearly do, don't I? I pretty much call you up every day now. Good. <laughs> Wicked. That's the way it should be, Christina. That's the way it should be. Yeah, I know, but I need to get the, I need to rally the troops and get other... Don't you worry about it. Listen, I'll, I'll, I'm, I'm rallying troops. You just rally yourself and look after yourself, all right? Yeah. All right. Listen, I'm going to... Well, I'm looking forward to meeting you. It's, I'm looking forward to meeting you too, Christina. It'll be nice to see you, okay? Yeah. All right. Cool. Take care. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. We've got nice people calling in. God, we've got a load of phone calls all of a sudden. I won't give out the phone number in that case. Dredge, Mark and Ian and Amy, uh, you'll be coming on soon. This is the Late Night Alternative, weeknights from 10 with Ian and Kath on Talk Radio. Late Night Conversation, wealth losing sleep. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Could you, Amy? Could you get Amy back? Because I was just about to go to her, but I'm going to go to Dredge instead. Good evening, Dredge. Good evening to you. Yes, it's nice to wobble the old throat sometimes, isn't it? Wobble the old larynx. That's, That's what, I say. what it's all about. Hey, you, but, uh, the Rocksteady crew. Show them what you do. Make a break. Make a move. So I thought Jess was very good. He, he didn't really let you get a word in, though, did he? I, I don't love, know what word you wanted to get in. I love guests. What were the words were? Shut up! Guests like that are great, because, I, A, I love the old showbiz world. It, it, it feels like a million years ago. It's, you know, it's so foreign. B, I, I get paid the same amount of money for doing about 15 words an hour, which is great. What a nice man. I really enjoyed that. He should have, like, a showbiz hour or something. Yeah. I mean... Oh, God, Totally. But, he, because uh, I wanted to ask something, but I thought he's going on. There's no way I'll get a word in myself, <laughs> you know. But he, he, he apparently was in Space 1999. Ooh, you know, like ooh, I didn't know that. And See, stuff like that I like. And he was big friends with, like, Freddie Starr and, you know. Oh, we were going to talk about Freddie Starr. Because we, we were talking about him before he came in, and he actually welled up quite a bit when he was mentioning Freddie. And I, I, I wanted to, um, to ask him about that, and I forgot. We had so, so much we didn't get to talk about. Yeah, I mean, that's what's interesting about people of that old school showbiz background. They've just done all this incredible stuff. Yeah. So there's no way you can get it into an hour. No. But um, what I was going to ask was, are you still putting this book out? The book is happening. Do you remember the book? Yeah. For those who don't know, it's uh, a book of transcripts of, I was going to say some of the best bits of the show. It's not. It's some bits of the show that you, dear listener, have transcribed for us. There's a guy talking about masturbating in a disabled toilet. I'm sorry, but it was a phone call. Uh, there, there's loads of stuff. And uh, we, we've been working on it for ages, and Kath had to kind of edit it and tidy it up because the guy that we paid in India did a really crap job. Actually, he was in Pakistan. A bit racist of me. Um, and then... Uh, the long and short of it is, Dredge, I have yeah. now got someone designing the cover. I should have the cover for it in two days' time. If I'm yeah. happy with it, I'm sending it to Lulu, the, the online publishers. I will order myself and Catherine a copy of the book. We will look at it. If we're happy with it, we hit the button and it goes live and you can order it and every single penny of profit will go to the Samaritans. Your intro is in there. Uh, Bob Mortimer's intro is in there. I've written a little bit for it. Kath's written a little bit for it. It looks great. I just want to hold it in my hand as a physical book and be able to flick through it and make sure it all looks, you know, proper. And, um, then, but yeah, so the cover, I should hopefully have the cover in the next couple of days and then, and then we're there. Oh, when you said you were sending it to Lulu, I still had, like, the tickets in my head. I was thinking, does he mean the singer? One of my greatest but, 
um, afternoons was hosting a really crappy TV. I did a whole TV series for Channel 4 that, that they, they never showed. A whole series, imagine. Uh, and one of the guests on it was Lulu. And one of my favourite evenings or afternoons, whenever it was, was, was sat in the green room at Lulu's feet while she was telling us stories about Brian Wilson and David Bowie and stuff. And I was just looking up at her thinking, my God, life does not get any better than this. And Is it she didn't. on Twitter? Sorry? Because, you know, she, she, is she on Twitter? I mean, she would make a hell of a guest as well, do you know what I mean? We tried to get Lulu, and, uh, in fact, I tried to, i tell you what I tried to get. Flipping it, hang on a minute, what was the Rewind Festival? Um, uh, hang on a minute, um, just, I, I guess this isn't happening now. He said this is... This is me sending an email to the guy that was was hinting we might get Tiffany on the show. Um, PR people, man, PR people. If you you've got if you're putting people up for interview, then for God's sakes, follow through. I remember that. Okay, there you go. That's uh, just that's my little showbiz tip for you, Dredge. I'm quite nervous. Genuinely, this isn't me doing a piece. Has, has Jess Conrad murdered Catherine? Has, she, has he bitten her nose off? Because um, she's not back. I'm quite nervous about doing the shows on my own this this week and this 24 minutes without Catherine is making me very uncomfortable and I, I can hear my words echoing around in my head and I'm thinking man alive I'm dull I'm no, dull man, you're, I, I, your, your early shows on talk radio were, were just as good when you're on by yourself there I thought they I, were really, I'm really worried good. That I've forgotten how to do that do you know? and I'm not saying this so you go oh I love you man I'm going to blow some smoke up your a-hole it's not that genuinely you know what it's like you're, you're a performer Dredge you're an artist you, you, you do stuff and sometimes you must think I don't remember how to do this anymore and, and is it any good what I'm doing yeah I guess so I guess so it's hard to deal with that yeah, it's not easy. Not it's easy. not easy. I, had, I listened to the show yesterday. I listened to the entire three hours of it. Oh. Because I was coming uh, back from Bournemouth, uh, where I was on holiday for a couple of... Well, the shops were so old that I actually found an old partridge a- family annual in, in one of them. Wowzers. But, and it was still yeah, brand new. It, it was nice. 1975, it was. But um, it was quite a nice place, although Happy Land was shut. So that annoyed me. That's sad land. Well, yes, but I did see something that reminded me of you. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I was walking down the street, and this is absolutely true, I saw a, a scarecrow um, figure of, of, of John Lennon. What? Uh, in bed with Yoko Ono. What? This was in someone's, this was in someone's lawn. Um, <laughs> a scarecrow of John and Yoko. Scarecrow Lennon. Well, it's what he would have wanted, I guess. I suppose so. Anyway, it turned out there was a scarecrow festival there. I've no idea what that was. Oh, it wasn't a John Lennon Yoko Ono festival. It was it was uh, actual scarecrows. I hate scarecrows. Well, I, I, I left quite quickly after Good. that. All right, Judge Catherine has returned, and I'm going to give her a right royal rollicking. I look forward to hearing that. Thank you very much indeed, Amy. Stay there. Going to come to you in a second. Then we got Mark, and we got Ian. What the, I was worried that that Conrad had bitten your nose off. No, 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 a bit his off. No, um, you won't appreciate me saying this, but um, he's a really sweet man. I, is he? So I, I sat and had a chat with him while we waited for his uh, car to come. Wasn't he fun? Wasn't he really he fun? enjoyed himself. Did he? Yeah, he Good. really did. I want, uh, you, you know, dear listener, we only get people on that we really like and that we think you will find interesting, that, that some of you will find interesting, because some of our guests are quite niche, but we sort of hope that we can open your eyes and ears to, to new experiences, and they won't be for everyone. Um, 
But I'm really hoping you enjoyed those old tales of, 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 of old show, proper old fashioned showbiz. And I say, I can't phrase this without sounding cruel. So I'm just going to say it and it, it might sound a little bit cruel. But our links with that world are literally dying off. Yeah. He's in his 80s, right? And he's, he looks fit, he looks the youngest out of the three of us in that picture. Um, but he's the last of the of of that of that era of star. Well, we were downstairs. He was telling me about where he lives, and he used to live next door to Roger Moore, Silla mm, Black. Mm. All those people lived there because it was kind of central for the old studio. Yeah, so yeah. You could get to Ealing, you could get to Pinewood, you could get to uh, all these different places. He said, and it's just not the same uh, place anymore. Yeah. What a nice guy. I loved it, and I loved that. Uh, and it is, I, I, I think there's a little bit of, of, of realism, but a lot of it is theatre that I'm the best looking guy in there. He knows what you want. He knows, he knows how to play Jess Comrade. Of course I was top of the bill. I love it. Well, I really enjoyed that. That was, um, that was really good fun. I'm glad I've we... met actual big heads in real life. Yeah. That, he's no. Not, he's not really one. No, no. Um, let's talk to Amy. Good evening, Amy. Hiya. Oh my goodness. That's, uh, that's a sparky start to a call. I know, but can I just quickly ask, because obviously I'm driving, oh. I'm speeding you through the car, is that acceptable, or is this a form of speaker, and should I Well, it is, it is a form of speakerphone, and normally we would insist that you pull off, but it actually sounds all right, doesn't yeah, it, Kaz? Yeah, it does, although apparently they're, they're thinking about banning it. They can kiss my ass. That's what I said to my radio when I... They can kiss my goddamn ass. Why don't you... T- I tell you what, I'll undo the belt, you undo the button and the fly, oh. and then pull my, my jeans and my pants down. I'll bend over. There's my ass. Kiss it. You kiss it. I will... Uh, I've only just I've only just got a car where the Bluetooth works some of the time. So, no, I will not be... Um, I will not be banning myself. That's where I conduct all my long telephone calls, because yes. I ain't got time any other time. Oh, no, 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 no. So, Amy, this is acceptable. Okay, thank you so much. Well, what can we do for thee? Um, so, I heard Christina talking yep. about the My Cousin Vinny. So, um, I just wanted to say, if she's still listening, um, I'll be there as well. Beautiful. I'm not the lady on Twitter that posts new photos. Um... But I will be there as a fellow lady. There's a lady that posts nudie photos yeah, that's coming on the show. Is I know she go- exactly who we're talking about. Is she going to be nudie when she comes? To the <laughs> evening. Come on, Catherine. Listen, when you're making innuendos that I take a second to get, it, we, we've gone too far. <laughs> I shouldn't think so. Okay, okay. I mean, nudies aren't nudie all the time, <laughs> are they? <laughs> I don't know. Um, but to, we're showing my cousin Vinny, uh, September the 14th, Saturday, it's a good laugh, we'll, there'll be free sweets, there'll be a song, it's not just a movie, we talk about it, we, we do, we dick around, we haven't sold very many tickets, so please, for the love of holy, that is holy, go to ianlee.com slash event, I-A-I-N-L-E-E dot com slash event. Oh, we'll just eat the sweets ourselves. Yeah, we, we will eat the sweets ourselves. And you raise a good point, Amy, we, the, the shows that we do, uh, so many people come on their own, and sometimes they will talk to the people next to them sometimes they've they've been given lifts home by the people next to them and sometimes they don't i would not be particularly comfortable going to something on my own and feeling oh god i've got to talk to the person some people just come on their own and they stay around and meet us at the end or they sneak out at the end and that's all good sometimes the only interaction they have is when they pass the bowl of sweets around and that is cool you don't have to talk to anyone it's it that's it no one's forced to take part it's a fun evening and it's a you know this is what our evenings are for for the socially awkward yeah hello oh no what have you done amy 
There you go. This is what happens. <laughs> this is just, I hope that wasn't a crash. <laughs> yeah, I hope that wasn't a crash. Thank you, Amy. What I heard was I go, oh, no. That was like when I was talking to you earlier on and you went, ah, oh, what? Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. We've got Mark and then we've got Ian. This is the Late Night Alternative with Ian and Kath on Talk Radio. Tales of mystery and imagination on the radio show that does things differently. Dolly Parton, I listen to a record that they love. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. I'm a nutjob, but not that kind of nutjob. On Talk Radio. Honest to God, it's the new Breaking Bad. Oh no! Here we go. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the phone number. Let's go to Mark. Good evening, Mark. How are you? Uh, Mark, well, I, I, as I said, I'm anxious. Kathy, uh, you would have missed this. Very anxious. That last 24 minutes before you came back was actually quite... I haven't done a show on my own. It's um, strange, isn't it? Yeah, I haven't done a show on my own for probably a year. I can't think of one where you've not been here for a whole show. So probably a year. And um, it that, that 24 minutes was hard work. And, it's, and my mouth is getting dry thinking about it. And it's just dawned on me. I've not really thought about it. I'm actually quite nervous about the rest of this week and next week when you're not here. I'm nervous about it because I, I, part of me is thinking, well, I won't remember how to do it. I probably will. I probably, I've been doing it for 20 years. I probably will. But I was talking and thinking, my God, I'm dull. My God, I'm boring. I had a couple of nights like that last week. Um, where there was no callers for like 20 minutes or so and it yeah. felt like an eternity. Yeah. But then you listen to it afterwards, you know, I've sort of had to edit the podcasts and stuff, and you go, oh, it wasn't that bad at all, but it's it's yeah. because your cogs are always turning doing this job, and you not always know what the next thing you're going to talk about is, and I, it takes the weight off when there's two of us. I am thinking about tomorrow having a different cath for each hour. I might just have a, a, a cath at, at 10, a cath at 11, and a cath at 12. Really? Yeah. How are you going to do that? Well, on, on the phones, get, get some caths to fall in, call in. It doesn't have to be... Listen, I can tell you this. Yeah, go on. There aren't many any other cats. Well, okay. I've I never am... There can be only one. Well, only one time. It's so okay. Highlander. Okay. All right. That's weird. Isn't so good that? luck with that. Okay. Well, I mean, just any old, any old person will do and we'll just call them cats. Turns out, eh? Yeah, it does. Let's see. I've never met a Kelly. Yes, you have. Who? Kelly Betts. I've, right, the exception that proves the rule. Disproves the statement. No, it proves the rule. I've never met a Kelly apart from one. That you worked with for six years. Okay, so name another Kelly I've met. And don't do Kellys that are surnames, they don't count. Okay, because like, Danny Kelly. Doesn't count. I don't know who Danny Kelly is. Yeah, you do. No, I don't. He's, um... Yeah, you do know. I don't know Danny well, I've Kelly. With I've worked with him. Well, I don't know who he Talk is. sport, big fella. Don't know who he yeah, is. You do. Never heard of him. Doesn't matter. I'm talking about Kellys as first names. Be with you in a second, Mark. I'm talking about Kellys that are first names. Didn't you have your photo taken by Kelly? Kelly Joe. Ah. Ah! Well, that's a double. But it's not a Kelly. It's a Kelly hyphen Joe. Yeah, but if you were going to shorten it, it'd be Kelly, wouldn't it? Or Joe. No. Good evening, Mark. Two things. One, I thought Jess Conrad was great. It's a shame that we don't hear more people like that on the radio. The, the stories that you hear from people like that, we're just, like you said, that people are dying out. And it's yeah. great to hear people that have stories like that. And... You're not going to get people like that in the future because some of the stuff that people were doing back then, you just can't do anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, 
really. Yeah, well, it was uh, great. It is. It's a. It's a. It's a, a window to another era. You know, the fact that within living memory, within my, you know, my mum was it was uh, would have been eleven, twelve when Jess was was uh, uh, you know his initial peak and pomp, um, and she would have known all about that. She would have probably seen that play he was in. She would certainly been aware of the, the TV programs that he was on. She would have known all of that. Admittedly, you know, her people her age were waiting, even though they didn't know it for the Beatles. That's what everyone was waiting for. But she would have known all of that. And um, it's, it is a different world, a completely different world. I'm glad you enjoyed it, Mark. We didn't even get onto his Freddie Starr stories. Didn't mention Freddie Starr. We didn't really talk about uh, Joe Meek as much as I wanted to. Didn't t- I wanted to talk to him about um, uh, Joseph and uh, the OBE, all of that stuff. Didn't get any of that. We'll, well get him back again. You'll have to get him on again, yeah. Definitely. And the other thing I was going to say is about, um, I only listen to two people on talk radio. That's you and James Whale, and you're the two best people on there. Hey, thank you, Mark. And I mean it, and uh, I'm sure you'll be fine next year. Well, it needs people like you. It needs people like you to I, be different. I hope so. Listen, I was just saying, Kath, you wouldn't have heard any of this, that, um, you know, come March, the end of my contract, it'll be four years, which I think is the longest I've ever worked anywhere. It tends to be about three and a half, approaching four years. The station is, the the voice of the station is changing and is becoming more right-wing and, and quite seriously right-wing, which I don't have a problem with at all. I'm not criticising that. I'm just saying that w- this show, it's kind of liberal, hey man, let's love everybody and listen to old singers from the 60s, sticks out like a sore thumb. Now, that will either work to our advantage, yeah. or they go, well, this is great, we, we, you're, the, you're the little bit of uh, sugar in the coffee, don't know what that phrase means, <laughs> or it will work against us, and they go, well, we want a right-wing late-night commentator on, and it ain't you. So, I'm just say, telling people, use the show while it's here, because who knows? Who knows where we're going to be sure in a year's time? the powers that be will have the sugar in the tea option at the end. We right, hope so. Well. We hope so, Mark. I, I tune in at seven, and then I carry on to you, and you are the only two I will listen to. Thank you, mate. I appreciate it. Mark, thank you very much indeed. I appreciate the call. 0344 499 1000 is the telephone number. Ian! Hello. Hello, Ian. Oh, it's me, back again. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm a better mood than I was last night. You're a bit what? Oh, no, oh, it's his Ian, Ian. Hey, listen, don't... It's Ian, yeah. You you sent me a couple of... Ian called up yesterday to talk about his mum and his brother who passed away. I had a hard time last night, yeah. And I'm sorry, I didn't want to bring the show down. Dude, But I feel a little bit better tonight. Good, but you don't Uh, don't have anything to apologise for, and I saw... Sorry, I'm really, I'm really trying to belch at the moment. I'm worried I'm going to throw up. That'd be <laughs> awful. Um, and I saw you sent a couple of tweets apologising. Mate, you've got nothing to apologise for. I know you, know, no, but it's, it's, I don't know. It's just it was nice to be able to talk to you about it. Um, can I see how, uh, is Kath there? Yes. Unfortunately. Oh, hi, Kath. Hello. Did you just say hi, Ian? Hi, Ian. Oh, thank you. That's nice. Are you knocking <laughs> one out? <laughs> was, that the, was that the vinegar stroke? Stop it. <laughs> Uh, no, um, to be honest with you, I like to say, Ian, I feel much better tonight than I did last night. Yes. I was on a real, real downer last night. But the, well, a couple of things I wanted to, to mention tonight, yes. uh, to, to bring it back to the fun side of things. Yes. Uh, last night you were talking about the horror things. Uh, do you remember the horror double bills on BBC Two? Go on. Uh, on about 1980, because I used to get, Mum and Dad let, used to let me stay up to watch the horror double bill. And it used to be on about, 11 o'clock to about 1 o'clock in the morning. Wow, And there was the black and white. But you're talking about 1970 and 1980. And there was the horror film, the thing you were talking about last night. But which horror Uh, films were they? 
there were random ones, there were, there were things like Lon Cheney Jr. funds. Well, were they the old black and white ones? Yeah, the old black and white, yeah. Oh, I yeah. used to, I don't remember them around about 1980. Maybe, maybe I did actually, yeah. because that's when well, we had a video right, recorder. BBC two, yeah, BBC did a thing at that point, and there was like a horror double bill. Yeah. Late on a Saturday night, and it was brilliant, you know. And the Hammer House of Horror, do you remember the Hammer House of Horror? Hammer House of Horror used to scare the crap the out of the, 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 the TV Great. series you're talking about. The TV series of Hammer House of Horror. That came out in 19... Remember Armchair Thriller? Do you remember that? That was about 1978. Which one? Uh, it was, it was, a, it was a, a TV serial. It was on Tuesdays and Thursday nights. Uh, and it was called Armchair Thriller. Oh, I don't remember that. I'm not that old. It was 1978 old. to 90... Oh, yeah, I'm not... <laughs> 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 I'm, I'm, I'm older than you. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was 1978 to 1980 that, that went out. I don't remember that. I do remember the old black and white horrors, the Frankensteins and the Bride of Frankensteins and, and yeah, Dracula. Right, yeah. There was a great one. There was a great, I remember, and they, I didn't used to find them scary. I'd watched these at eight and nine. I looked at buying a box set recently and then I didn't click they buy. They were a bit sexy, weren't they? They were a little bit, the old black and white <laughs> ones. There was a great one where, um, it was like a, a traveling circus and they had like a freak okay. show in it. And one of the freaks in it was, it was supposedly Dracula's remains, his bones, right. in a coffin, but with a stake through his chest. Oh, and okay. someone pulled the stake out and Dracula came back you to don't, life. You don't do that, you don't do that. <laughs> no. But do you remember the Hammer, the Hammer Horror Draculas? That was very sexually charged. The they were always going outside in their 90s and the 90s were not <laughs> really... Well, Dracula's about sex. Speaking, Dracula yeah, of course is it's just penetration. It's and, penetration uh, and... And um, being spoiled. Yeah, well, <laughs> and, you know and, uh, I mean? being double-ended is <laughs> two holes, two holes. That's what it is, a puncturing, two holes. <laughs> two holes, Ian. Someone else wanted to say, Ian. Yes. Um, somebody mentioned just a, a few calls ago talked about Lulu uh, To Serve With Love I was just watching To Serve, to serve With Love today uh, do, you remember, do you know that film To Serve With Is Love Is that the one with Sidney Poitier Sidney Poitier yeah, I've not yeah. seen it I it's know the song and I'm aware of it but I've not uh, seen it Ian it's a fi honestly that is a film you have to see it's such a great film uh, and that that was actually it was number one in America for five weeks wow. but it was never released in Britain it was a B-side to a song she had I think in 67 called Let's pretend. Uh, so it was never actually a hit in Britain, but it, it was. Uh, here's a uh, question uh, for you. Here's a question uh, for you. Uh, so, yeah, yeah. Name one singer sexier than Lulu. It's not oh, possible. Not possible. Oh, one singer sexier than Lulu. Oh, no. Lady Gaga. Oh. Sexier than Lulu. <laughs> She's got beef all over her fanny. What? <laughs> it's not permanent. Oh. Um, no, one singer. Uh, Bridget Bardot, but she didn't really sing. She's not a singer. She? Next. No, you, it's impossible. A singer. Oh, Jean, Jean Birkin. No. Again, not really. No. no. She doesn't really count, does she? No. You can't do it. It's impossible. <laughs> it's impossible because there's no answer. There is no answer. A singer sexier than Lulu? There isn't one. She was, so, by the way, Lulu looks great now. She's, you know, she must be in, I think, early 70s. She's older know? than yeah. Jess Conrad, I think. <laughs> one last thing. One <laughs> Yes. <laughs> one last thing, Ian, honestly. One last thing. Titty Bang Bang. I was watching that series three. Is it Titty Bang Bang, yeah. Bob Mortimer's so comedy sketch show, yes. Do you, are you still in touch with the, the girls from the, from No, from I'm not. The show? I was in it a little bit. Do you know what? There's, I played a vampire in Titty Bang Bang. You I just reminded me. I was a vampire. I was watching it. And <laughs> I had a picture. They painted a portrait of me as a vampire, which I had in my <laughs> loft for ages. And then I chucked it away. Idiot. I chucked ah. it away. What a dick. Because you got Lucy, Lucy uh, Montgomery was fantastic, and De have you seen Debbie Chasen? The amount of weight she's lost. No, I haven't she seen her. She looks amazing. Does she? I like Debbie. She was very, very. Funny. She looks absolutely amazing. Um, Let's have a little look. Uh, anyway, I've taken too much time, so I'll let somebody else go on. 
Oh my God, isn't she? Mm. Um, she, oh gosh, I, I like Debbie, she's hilarious, I would never recognise her, isn't it, isn't it? Debbie Chasen, she's, she's lost so much weight. Oh, goodness gracious, she's, she's very, very funny. She's quite a big girl. Yeah, really, really funny woman, and very so kind much. to me. I was so nervous doing that show, because I wasn't an actor, and they got me in because Bob liked me. And, um, everyone on that show was so kind, and I was lousy in it, I was lousy. I thought you were great in it. It was, so, it was, it was we were filming at the same time as Madeleine McCann went missing, I, I, I oh, remember, right. if I remember all the, th the rumours <laughs> and theories. They've arrested the mum! <laughs> <laughs> was was one of the calls, but um, everyone, Tony Paul Way was in it. They all looked after me in that show. Yeah. Ian, listen, nice to talk to you, mate. Thank you very much. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. This is Talk Radio. No rules, nocturnal nattering for nightbirds, nurses, and Nosferatu. <laughs> all right, cool. The late night alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. I'm David Babcock and I got my willy stuck in the hoover. David, you don't have to say that every time you come on the show, okay? We know who you are. We remember. We remember. So please, it's, it's nice of you to set the scene, David, but there's no need. If, if I, in fact, if I were you, I would, um, try and put the hoover behind you. Not yeah. to stick it, no, not to stick it up your anus, um, but the whole, the whole, do you know what I mean, Catherine? Yeah. Can you be, explain it better than I am? Um, just leave the hoover alone. Yeah, I, I think it's probably best if you don't, you don't fiddle with the hoover when you come on the show. Is that all right, Dave? <laughs> Comedian Ian Lee there with a the cracker. What are you going to do with the cracker? <laughs> Cr yeah, don't. Crumple it over your foreskin. What? Oh, you funny guy. Don't mention his Jacobs. <laughs> Spread some cheese on them crackers. There we go. Oh, there, there we go. go. He's He's uh, then, then, then put your knob between it and, and um, try and get a monkey to bite it. What? Oh, very surreal. Yeah, everyone likes a funny man, don't they? Oh, funny, we could find one. <laughs> Not everyone likes a dirty pervert. Well, I don't talk about that anymore. You started but the phone conversation with it. You brought. You it's brought not dirty it up. anyway. Some would say he's too clean. Very, very clean. Not a speck of dust on him. Mm. Listen, punk. <laughs> Which punk? He said punk, did he? I thought he said spot. Okay. Right. <laughs> Okay. Listen, listen up, punk. Here we go. Yes? Oh, it's getting rough. Yeah. Babcock's serious and he's back. Okay, and he's speaking in the third person. No, you got to take him seriously, right? Alright, come on. Okay, okay, let's, alright, let's... Give us a reason. Okay, right. let's, 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 let's listen to him and let's treat him, let's treat him... With the respect he deserves. Seriously, yeah. alright, fine, right. we can do that. Okay. D to the A with Babcock has been sitting... Sitting back in his chair. David? You've missed a bit. It <laughs> <laughs> yeah, turn it off. Send it, send Put your legs up. <laughs> Sorry, mate. I've been, Go on. I've been sitting back watching these dog called Paranormal Ex Ex Experts there. Who calls them that? <laughs> these so called Paranormal expert Ex Experts. Yeah, do you mean esports? Oh, I was, mean escorts? I, was I was sat in a foyer of the Discovery Channel yesterday because that's the kind of guy I am. Uh, what did you find? They were showing Eurosports, right? And yeah. there's a sport. Is it called Tillol? Is it called Tillol? Or is that I don't the, know. Is, not, or is that the company that makes it? Basically, 
It's speed rock climbing. Oh. And it was insane. So you've got, you know, the indoor rock climbing walls? Yeah. They're two. Yeah. Right? And they're exactly the same thing. You have to climb up and hit a buzzer. You have to climb up and hit a buzzer yeah. like gladiators, but it was a sport. It was incredible. The fella got there in five seconds, but then he missed the buzzer. And the <gasps> guy behind him was 5.2 seconds, hit the buzzer and won. Like a rat up a shutter. It was incredible. I, I found my sport to watch, to watch, but I found my sport. So when people say, what's your sport? I'm going to say, I think it's called Tillol. I like that, especially because it's over in 30 seconds. <laughs> is it like, 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 uh, that's why I like sex so much. Is it oh, called, oh. is it called Tillol? No, Tillol is drugs. Tillol. That's Tylenol. Rock climbing. Right. Please be quiet. Um, if anyone knows what it's called, what's this? There's a, there's a thing here called Boogie Till You Poop. What? No, that's it. <laughs> I All right. I wouldn't advocate that. All right. Away you go, um, David, and no introduction, no interruptions this time, okay? Right. Are you sure? Yeah. Hello? Yes. Right. Just announcing that basically there used to be a, 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 only one name on the paranormal investigator Sheldon list, and that was Derek Kakara. Hello? Yeah, we're listening. For right. sakes, man. And I'm adding a new name to that list. And you're going to shock you. Right. Clinton Baptiste. Right. He's the man laughable. Oh. I've been hearing his nonsense. And let me tell you, there's, there's, there's a fine line between real and not real paranormal experiences. And what was that? No, 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 no. No, turn it off. Let's get that filth off now. Turn it off. I do not want female ejaculating all over oh, my ears. Oh, oh, right. Okay, okay. I can't find male orgasm noises on YouTube, and that to me is uh, is sexist. And oh no, uh, here we go. I've, I've, oh I've, God, here we go. Don't, please. No, 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 no. Oh, that's not male. Oh. Is it? So anyway, I got a phone call earlier on from David. I, I think it was a pocket dial, right? right? I think it was a pocket dial. But I've got the message here that oh, is like, no. do you want to hear it? Of course. So this she is the pocket think. dial from David Babcock that I got earlier on today. Fake news. Oh. Don't sound like me. Oh. Don't sound like me. Oh. That's not me. Oh. Oh. That's not me. No. Oh. No. Oh. No. Oh. Stop it. Stop it. Uh, no, stop it. Uh, stop it. Uh, no. Uh, Disgusting. I know. But you, you're making up rumours about me that aren't true. It's bad enough for the Hoover nonsense. I didn't make up the Hoover nonsense! I rang you. I had my, I had my penis trapped in the tube of a Hoover. And oh, I thought, can I get my willy stuck in a Hoover? Aren't your balls normally held back by your willy? You want me to do it for you, rub it in? Ooga-saga, ooga I like mine quite hard, and then I like to put it all in my mouth at once. You just deserve it. Wow! Dirty pervert. No. Off with his head! That nearly happened as well. That can happen if you play like with a lamb's over. tail. Yeah, exactly. You've got to if be you, so careful. I, I Thanks for the call, David! Yeah, yeah. Hope you <laughs> <laughs> What I really like about this show is how we give everyone...
chance to express themselves. We really, really do. And he tried to express himself in a Henry. Let's go to Barry. Good evening, Barry. Hi, Ian. Hi, Cass. Hi, Hello, Barry. Barry. Hope you have a nice break, Cass. So do I. <laughs> Why do you say it in such an aggressive manner? So do I! I do hope I have a nice break. Yes. Yeah, you'll be fine, Ian. Uh, uh, yeah, thank it you, was, It was really nice last week with, with Cass. It was good, again. Uh, this week with uh, with you, and then both come back together again, and uh, we take on from where we left off. Come together right now. Oh, over me. Is he uh, talking about yeah. that? Oh, dirty bastard. <laughs> oh, I've never thought of that before. Come Still together right now more. over me. Yeah. Oh, dear. I've never considered that. John Lennon, what a dirty man. <laughs> he looks dirty, though, doesn't he? I he mean, unclean. Like he looks unclean. He yes. looks unclean. Well, people in those days didn't have a bath very often. No, they wouldn't have. I bet the Beatles stank. Everyone stank. Didn't that? Well, deodorant wasn't invented until about 1982. My granddad refused to wear it for most of his life because he said it was for, you know. Woofters. Mm. Uh, it's also, um, it gives you cancer. Having a wash? No, spray deodorant gives you cancer. You're well, spraying metal into your pores. Yeah, that's what the worry is. Yeah, it's cancerous. Mm. So you're supposed to use a hip, you know, stones, deodorant oh, stones. Oh, I tried one of them. No, no not a stone. No. I had this um, like hippie um, one that you could spray on. But I didn't smell, but I still had big disco rings. Me and Kath saw an advert today, Barry, for this purple disc for women who are having a menopause, right? Yeah. And right. you stick it in your pants. But it didn't, at no point in the other. Not near your, not near your pubis, above, yeah. sort of underneath your belly button. At no point did it say what it did, what, how it impacted on your menopause. Mm. It just said more and more women are using menopause. To, um, what was it called? Was it called menopause or something? I'm look it up, more I'm... and more women are using this product. All you do is stick it in your pants and clip it on. Clip. Didn't say that. And, uh, and, and, but, and we're going, well, what, what does it, was, it do? It had like a little, um, magnet, didn't it? So you could yeah. put the little magnet on the outside of your knickers so it would hold it in place. But yeah. I still don't know what it's supposed to do. What's down so there? I mean, I know. You're wombing that, yeah. Well, okay, so what is it? Oh, oh, is Remember it? Remember I told you about where babies come from? From, um, from the bum hole? No, that's where you think they come from. That's my theory. You think we're completely Anyway, hollow. look, we're embarrassing Barry. Come on, Barry. <clears throat> Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit ripe for somebody my age, actually. I never Isn't used it? to talk about, never used to talk about the menopause back Le in the day. It was something that was, no, something that that's women why, used to that's talk That's why people about keep it. having them. Sorry? That's why people keep having them, because we don't see <laughs> them. Oh, here we go, I've got it. Go on. Lady Care is a small, powerful, static, magnetic device that simply attaches discreetly and comfortably to your underwear. It is a novel, safe, drug-free product. Oh, hello. Um, magnets. Right. Oh, it's magnets. Yeah. Okay, right, so it's bullshine as well. <laughs> Unless they're advertising with us, in which case it's an excellent, excellent product. Um, Barry, what can we do for you this evening? It's a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful evening. Yeah, it's brilliant. Yeah, I just wanted to say how much I enjoyed that interview. Jess Comrade, it's, un it's unusual that we uh, get a guest who's the same age as you on. Well, yeah, no, I, I, I was thinking about that, your comments, um, you know, the Jess Conrads and all those people of my time, yeah. and people like us who followed them, you're quite right, we're not going to be around that much longer. But well, you will be, I was teasing a bit, but, 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 but those entertainers, there's not many of them left, get them now, sit down with them, record their stories while you still can, because to my kids, when my kids grow up, Jess Conrad, you know, 1961 is going to seem like a, a billion years ago. It's going to be like a foreign world to them. 
but you're one of the you're one of the very few that 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 do it. You know, um, you, you know, you 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 give coverage and you, you you deal with all that stuff that we were part of in in yesteryear. And yeah. I mean, it, it was only a couple of years ahead. I think I spoke to you about before about this. It only lasted a couple of years, and most of them were British Presley. They wanted, you know, and but I mean, Con- Jess Conrad is a good-looking guy, yeah. dressed well. Um, and, you know, as young kids, then I left school in 58, so I caught that couple of years, and you, you wanted to look like them, you wanted to be like them, and, you know, they were your sort of idols. And those shows, I mean, we suddenly went, we become the first teenagers, and rather than copy your fathers and all the rest, and you weren't really considered to be very much until you were 21, we suddenly hit this little purple period, and it was absolutely brilliant. With also, the it's the first time in, in decades that kids had a bit of money. Kids, they weren't rich, but you had a few quid. During the war, you hadn't. The beginning of the 50s, you hadn't. The, you know, before that, there was no... But kids had a, had a couple of quid in their pockets, so they could go out and buy a drink. They could go out and, and buy some clothes. There was, there was freedom, the birth of the teenager. You're quite right, Ian. I mean, I was earning probably about five quid in '58. I worked for the national, let's go and work for the national coal board. So from 15 to 16, I was working on the surface, and you know, it was it was good pay. So my, my money was going on on clothes and records, and you were right into that old sort of rock and roll thing, you know. Exactly. The Marty Wiles and the Billy Furies and, 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 and Jess Conrad was part of it. That's what it was all part of. You spend your money on, on clothes, on food, on Punani. Um, thank I beg you. your what? Thank you very much, Barry. We've got to go. Jesse, you're going to be the first call when we get back. 0344 499 This is Talk Radio. <laughs> the Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. We have ways of making you talk. Colors we the and there'll be no 
songwriters, J.S. Ondara, right, in Lebanon. I'd never heard of the guy. I played it to Kath, she laughed at it. She thought it was silly. No, I didn't. No, you did But I, because I, I've, I've got this internet radio, digital radio, CD combination by my bed, but it, it don't work very well. To, to connect it to the Wi-Fi, you have to unplug it and then plug it in, otherwise it doesn't, if you just turn it on, it doesn't find the Wi-Fi. So you've got to unplug it, then plug it in, then it finds the Wi-Fi. What a relaxing thing to have I by know, your bed. It's so annoying. And then quite often the signal will drop. I just went to digital, I went to internet radio. <laughs> Excuse me. I went to community radio. I went to USA. I went to California. And then I just stopped at a random radio station. And that was playing. And I thought, whoa. And I ordered the album there and then. It was just, I just thought it was amazing. Never heard of the fella before. Incredible stuff. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand is the talk uh, radio number. Give us a call now. Jesse. Hello, Ian and Cass. Hello, Jesse, my old friend. I yes. filmed you doing a wee again. Who <laughs> thinks? This is disgusting. Who yes. When you next come to Scotland. Would there be any chance of coming to Edinburgh? No. Oh. I hate the people of Edinburgh. They're scum. Cheeky. <laughs> they read books. Uh, yeah, possibly. Because uh, I know a good venue. Go on, t- tell me more. Tell me more. Historical venue. And they've just adapted it. Oh. And turned it into a quirky small venue. Oh, tell me, tell me a little bit more about this venue. It's called Oh Dr. Bell's Bath. Oh, Dr. Belfast? No, Ode. Ode? Dr. Bells. Uh, oh, Dr. Bells. She said Bath. Ode. Yeah, as in, you know, the way Scottish Bath. people talk, Ode. Dr. Belfast? No, Dr. Bells. Flipping heck. Hang on, oh, don't say flipping. Please don't talk to me like that. Oh, Dr. Bell, the old Dr. Bells bath. See, yes. you didn't even know what it was, and you're sticking up for her. The old Dr. Let's have a little look at this. The it's old Dr. Bell's bath. To celebrate the 10th anniversary and the 30 years since the beautiful South. No, that's not what we're, um. Old Dr. Bell's bath. Um, it's, uh, uh, yeah, I was thinking of going back to Glasgow, but maybe we go to Edinburgh next time. It's a really good venue. How many people does it hold, please? Pardon? Capacity. Capacity's 18 to 26. No. That's what it says. Well, that can't be right. So I went to an event and there was a hundred there. Okay. All right. It looks, um, oh, oh, it's got posh toilets, isn't it? It's a big, quite a big, uh, it's, uh, it's a big, uh, quite oh. big. Oh, I but, can see what it. Call it. You know where it's... Mm. It's got pictures really of like elephants it. in the lavvy. Yeah. It has, isn't it? I can see it. Uh, yeah, I can see it. All right. Well, I, may, I was good because I was looking, thinking of going back to Glasgow, but maybe we go back to Edinburgh next time. It's really nice there. Yeah, and I'm severely disabled, and I'd love to meet you. Oh. And I don't get out very much, and I can go there because my carers can bring me. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Well, then we'll, we'll certainly bear it in mind. Where did we sell more tickets? Was it Edinburgh or Glasgow? Well, the mistake we made was doing one one night and yeah. one the next night, and of yeah. course we split the audience. Okay. Well, I don't know. Well, I don't know if we did maybe. We but had some be- people that came to both. Okay, but which one did we sell more for? That was the original question. Then you went uh, off on quite an arrogant I've tangent. Got, I've got a feeling it was Glasgow. 
And I've also got a feeling that the vibe was stronger in Glasgow. Screw Edinburgh. But they can't, they can't screw Jesse. The Dominic like that. That's disrespectful. Um, screw, screw, screw you if you want Jesse. Oh, no, please. Oh, stop it. Whoa! What a rabbit it's hole a we're falling vibe. down. Well, Sorry, Jesse. It's a good vibe here in Edinburgh. Love, I love, I'm joking, I love Edinburgh. It's, it's great. Also. Yes? This is a serious. Am I allowed to be serious? Of course you are, yes. Uh, as Kath knows, it uh, spoke to her when you're away. Yeah. Uh, about knife crime. Yeah. I think knives are made too easily Shall available. Oh, okay. I lost my wee girl. Murder. Oh, I'm sorry, Jesse. Oh, what a horrible thing. Sorry. No, don't, no, don't apologise. I just like do a little tribute in memory. She called Chloe. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sorry. When did she? When did you lose Chloe? It was eleven years ago. But I tell you, the pain just doesn't go away. It gets harder. Of course not. Especially when it's the way I lost Chloe. And uh, how old was Chloe when she uh, uh, was murdered? Three months. Blimey. Can I ask what so happened? It was fatal. It's all right. I sort of, you know, it was fatal domestic violence. I and my little and ended up getting the the losing my life from it and yeah Gosh. so hard. Well, I'm really so I'm 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 speechless, Jesse. It doesn't happen very often, but um, I'm really you sorry for your loss. So lovely, do you know? Who's loveliest, me or Catherine? It's me, isn't it? Both of you. Yeah, if you had to pick one. Both of you the same. Can't, mm, okay. I'm, we're going to have to toss a coin for it, I think, Catherine. I think you'll find, um, I think you'll find he's a bit of a knobhead. Yeah. I, I think the person who called someone a knobhead is the least um, lovely person out of the two of them. <laughs> Jesse, I'm really sorry for Thank your loss, you. and I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Thank you. Thank you for taking my call, both of you. Always okay. a pleasure, Jesse, and we will certainly look at Edinburgh, and we'll look at Glasgow. Thank you very much indeed. 0344. 499-1000 is the telephone number from Google School. So, Marnie Coppola, we're going to get on the show soon. She's got a new album coming out, The Protagonist. It's coming out next month, I think. It's, it's a cracker. There's, um, I wonder if, I wonder if we can play a little bit of her new song. I can't remember if there's swears in it. Probably. Oh, I think it's a safe bet, isn't Imani, it? Imani, uh, what is it, what is it called? What's the new one? Uh, what's the, what's Imani's new, let me go onto her Facebook, because her new album is, is an absolute uh, joy, it's not out yet. Um, I've not really spoken to her for, for a, a, a while, and I, I do, I do miss Imani, because she's absolutely bonkers, but just wonderful. My boys, my boys are head over heel in love with her, they, they talk about her a lot. Let me just go and find the new single. Um, bear with us, dear listener, this is what we like to do sometimes, is just... Go on, um, uh, oh, here we go. I wonder if this will, uh, let's, uh, this might have swears in it, so let's just, 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 just bear with me. Bear with me. She, she does quite often. This is a contrib- contributing member of society. Here we go. I think. 
think I'm overdue for a proper nervous breakdown. Just lock me in the psych ward and let me work my shit out. I've lost so much time chasing tail and drinking wine, and now I gotta do my taxes and get back on my grind. I've never underestimated the potency of love. I've lived so long without it, I consider it a drug. Something I might take if I am in the right head space. My heart goes skipping stone straight to the moon till I can feel my face. Bitch, I'll let you eat today if you can make your rent and get some exercise. I might just shake you from your funk, and if you write a song, I'll reward you for a job well done. I've never took for granted all the time I've got on hand, but certain days I'm getting by on Amazon demand. Worst things I could be doing, worst man I could be screwing. There you go. She's good, isn't she? I love her so much. And there was, we, there were swears we got away with. She's, um, there was, so she's got this new album and it's coming out. And she's, as she was doing it, she would send me the songs. And there's one song she sent me and I went, God, it feels like you, it feels like, that uh, feels like you've written that song. That feels like I've written that song. And she goes, yeah, loads, basically I'd had a conversation with her on the, the Staten Island Ferry and she'd taken loads of that conversation and put it in a song. It was the weirdest thing. It was, I was listening to it thinking, this is really familiar. And I said, why is this so familiar to me? She was, oh, because a lot of it is stuff that you said to me about being depressed and stuff. And she'd written a song. I think she's so clever. So, so clever. It makes me, um, it doesn't make me sick because I know that she has her own issues and things and life for her is hard work, but she's brilliant. Anyway, so she'd recommended this book that has been, um, kind of doing rounds, The Subtle Art of Not Giving a F- uh, an F, right? And I read my first Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young book when I went to Italy and we, we the Italy airport coming back, Rome airport, I was thinking, ah, I need to get a book. I bought a Beatles book out there and it wasn't very good. It was very, very anti-Paul, which I was disappointed in. And so all the books in the um, Rome book- bookshop in uh, the airport were uh, I- Italian, apart from this, the simple art of, the subtle art of not giving a f- And so I thought, oh, I'll buy that, because Imani reckoned that, recommended that, and she sent me an email ages ago saying you should get it. She said, I don't normally buy into these big self-help kind of books, but I bought it and read it reluctantly. It's brilliant. Man, it's brilliant. It's brilliant. It's, it's so hard 
to explain what it is. I wonder if it says, um, um, here we go. Manson, the, the guy that wrote it, Mark Manson, Manson makes the argument that human beings are flawed and limited. As he writes, not everybody can be extraordinary. There are winners and losers in society, and some of it is not fair or your fault. Manson advises us to get to know our limitations and accept them. This, he says, is the real source of empowerment. Once we embrace our fears, faults, and uncertainties... Once we stop running from and avoiding and start confronting painful truths, we can begin to find the courage and confidence we seek. It's amazing. Um, in life, we have a limited amount of Fs to give, so you must choose your Fs wisely. Uh, it's incredible, and it's all about, so many of it, it starts off, I've only read the first couple of chapters, some of you will have read it, dear listener, I'm sure. And it starts off about how so many of us are unhappy because we are, we're fat. Or because we we look wrong, or we we you know, and it's because we're trying to meet an expectation that is unreal. Okay, and if you accept the way you look, if you if you don't give an f about the way you look, as long as your health isn't in question, then that's a huge reason for self-loathing and depression gone. It's gone. You've accepted. Every, you know, so many people are going to the gym and are trying to diet and are trying to do this to look differently and this to look differently. But if you accept that's how I look, that's a huge area of disappointment gone. Gone. Right. So it's kind of um, isolating the things you can do stuff about and the things that it's not worth worrying about. Yeah. Because you've got no control over it. Um, problems never stop. They are merely... Uh, Problems are a constant in life. Just open this at a random page. When you solve your health problem by buying a gym membership, you create new problems. Like having to get up early to get to the gym, sweating uh, like a meth head for 30 minutes on an elliptical, and then getting showered and changed for work so you don't stink up the whole office. When you solve your problem of not spending enough time with your partner by designating Wednesday night date night, you generate new problems, such as figuring out what to do every Wednesday that you both won't hate, making sure you have enough money for nice dinners, rediscovering the chemistry and spark you to feel you've lost, and unravelling the logistics of having sex in a small bathtub filled with too many bubbles. <laughs> problems never stop. They merely get exchanged and or upgraded. Happiness comes from solving problems. The key word here is solving. If you're avoiding your problems or feel like you don't have any problems, you're going to make yourself miserable. If you feel like you have problems you can't solve, you will likewise make yourself miserable. The secret source is in the solving of the problems, not in having the problems in the first place. It's amazing, man. And I was reading this, and it really ties in with a lot of stuff that we've talked about on air, Kath, about um, uh, failure is is actually is a good thing, as you learn from failure. Um, it talks about... Um, it, I, it's so hard to explain, and I, I haven't read it in its entirety, but man alive, the first two chapters, I'm sat there giggling like a loon. One, because it's written in a really funny way, uh, and two, because I'm going, well, this makes... So much sense. Makes so much sense. The stuff. I'm so zen at the moment. And it's since I came out, right, as being bi. This whole thing that was driving my depression and driving my drug addiction and driving my shame has gone. Has gone. I'm talking to, to some people tomorrow about maybe making a documentary about it and stuff. It's gone. There are three people in my life that are really unhappy that I've said what I've said. And they are actually trying to make my life quite problematic. For the most part, I've accepted that that's their problem. That's their problem. And, and that actually they're punishing, they're trying to make my life hard, but, but they're not. They're making their own life difficult. 
And that's their problem. And it's really sad that it got to that, but I'm kind of okay with it, right? And the car crash and the whole dick pics, dick pic thing and the whole breakdown and all that came out on air. All of that stuff had to happen to get me here, man, where I'm happier than you ever seen me, right? Yeah. Which is partly why I wonder if the show's funny anymore, because I'm really happy about stuff. Um, and there's a few issues and things, but generally I'm happy. I'm happy and I'm, I'm f- free of shame and self-loathing. Here's what I've noticed. Yes. You've lost loads of weight. Yeah. You stand straighter. Yes. You just have this lightness about you that I've yeah. never known. When I first met you, I thought you were really nice, but I knew well. that there was something about you that I would, I knew that <clears throat> you were charming, um, but you would never, you were one of those people that I thought, I don't think I'll ever really know him properly. Yeah. Yeah. That's gone. It's gone. Uh, kind of the stuff I've been, the, the sex stuff, I haven't done anything like that for months and months and months. Everything is, everything is, you know, and I'm trying to clear my side of the street and make amends and stuff. Everything is gone, man. And part of it is this whole thing of, there are some things, the, the book isn't saying don't give an F about everything. There are some things that you, sh- you should give an F about. But at the moment, today, at this precise second in time, there's nothing I need to give an F about. And it's, once you realise that, my God, the freedom, man. There have been numerous occasions in the last few weeks where you've said, oh, I think I feel happy. Yes. 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 I'm growing a moustache again. And last time I grew it, a load of people called me a nonce and then I was going to do some TV work and I got rid of it. And listen, my moustache might m- look ridiculous. It might do. I've never done it really, so I want to try it and see what it looks like. It might look ridiculous. In whose mind? But it, well, exactly. It might look ridiculous to me. That's the only thing that matters, is if I look at it and go, ah, look silly, I'll get rid of it. But I, it would have really upset me that people online were calling me a nonce and all... But now I don't care. I don't care. I don't give an F about what someone on Twitter... You know, I don't give an F that someone, uh, is up, is, is telling me I should move to Africa because I, I said Boris Johnson was a racist. I don't care. I don't care. It's what I believe is what I'll say. It's fine, man. I need to read this. But if anyone's read it, uh, do give us a call. 0344 499 If anyone's read The Subtle Art of Not Giving an F, do let me know because I'm, it, it, it's just so, two chapters in and I'm like, whoa, man. This is it. This is the answer to everything. And it kind of aligns with the sort of thing you've been talking about, you know, with your therapist. Ties in with the therapy, with the twelve, with the the serenity prayer, with the whole thing after the of being in a car crash earlier this year as I was, and holding a a man's hand as he dies. You know, all all of this stuff. It all ties. It all ties it reaching rock bottom. I nearly killed myself twice this year, guys. I nearly killed myself twice, maybe thrice, definitely twice. Nearly killed myself. Wow! Imagine, imagine. But now I don't give an F. Sorry, that upsets you when I say that, Catherine. I don't. I don't mean to. But that's my truth. That's where I'm it at. Doesn't upset me that you say it. It ups. It. I. It. Um. I'm upset that you got to that point. Yeah. Three people who I was really close to at one point in my life now won't speak to me anymore because I came out and said oh, I'm bisexual and I was sexually abused as a child. That's, 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 I mean, that's weird, yeah. but that's their... But I don't think they listen to the entire story. No, no, but, but they don't talk to me anymore. Okay, and it, it, one of them I was really close to, and, um, it, it, I'm, I'm kind of dealing with it, and I'm struggling with it, but if this had, if this had happened a year ago, I'd be distraught and going, God, well, I need to email them and write, and I, I've emailed them and I've tried to reach out and they've not replied kind of don't give an F at this precise moment in time. I might do tomorrow, because this is quite a big one. 
But to, right now, I don't give an F. It doesn't have a, such a direct impact on my life. No, because... Showing them for what they are. Oh, exactly, right. And you're keeping your side of the street clean. Yeah. Wait for them to come round or not come round. You can't control their behaviour. No. 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 But I do think it's sad that that's what they took from the conversation. Oh, I think it's really sad. I think it's really sad. Oh, three, four, 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 nine, nine, one thousand. We've got Ibby, we've got Alistair, we've got George. We might have you, dear listener. This is the Late Night Alternative Weeknights from 10 with Ian and Kath on Talk Radio. The Wild Man of Late Night Radio. The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee on Talk Radio. Oh three four 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 nine nine one thousand. Some show tonight, man. This has been all over the place. I love it. We've had um, old-fashioned showbiz. We've had self uh, doubt, and uh, and we've had a bit of a laugh. And now we've got Ibby on the line. Good evening, Ibby. Hi, mate. Hello. What? What? Hello. Hi, what's that? What's that bing bongy noise in the background? You know, uh, if somebody at the door. Someone's at the door at half past twelve. What are you, a, a drug dealer? No, I'm not a drug dealer. Uh, my name's Sad, by the way, not Ibby. Why did you say Ibby on my screen? I don't know. Why did you That's... give the name Ibby to my the person who answers the phone, Amy? I didn't. I didn't. Well, well why would she type the word Ibby on the screen? Uh, why are we arguing about this? Why are you on speakerphone? <laughs> All right. I'll just take you off speakerphone. No, because you're still on speakerphone. I'm not on speakerphone. Yes, you are. Why are you? Why are you disorganizing me? Why did you give it? Why did you give it? Why did you give a different name to Amy? I didn't. Who? Amy. Thanks very much for your call. Let's go to Alistair. Good evening, Alistair. Here's the thing, right? I work with Amy on a regular basis. I trust you implicitly. There are only three of us here. It doesn't go through a massive workforce. We talk to each other. I trust you implicitly. So if you're going to phone up, don't say, what are you talking about? I didn't say that. I trust her more than most people that sit behind that. Her and Sam, you and Sam, I trust you implicitly. Parrick. I like Parrick. Uh, I like Parrick as well. Uh, But it's Porrick. It's not. He said Porrick. Well, it says Parrick. He pronounces it, it Porrick. So, actually, I well, trust Porrick. Well, we both call him and see who he comes to. I trust that lad that we don't like more than I trust you. Oh. Um, but don't, don't lie. If you, if you, if that's the name you gave, then stick with it. Why is she, imagine if Amy just, just, just one day got really annoyed. He's like, I'm going to change all the names just to mess him up. If everyone came on and went, that's not my name. Let's go to Steve. My name's my name's Dave. If everyone came on, then maybe. idea for tomorrow's show. <laughs> Don't give Amy ideas. Changing all the names. Good evening, Alistair. Oh, evening, sir. That would have been your perfect opportunity to go. My name's Alistair. I'm Tony. <laughs> well, actually, I do need to apologise to Amy because I called her Haley. So I do apologise, Amy. What the hell is going on in this Oh my God! Well, I've got. I've I've got a book recommendation for you. Yeah, go on. mentioned that other book. Let's have it. It's actually um, great for me because it's only a slim volume. Is it Fifty Shades of Grey? No. no that's crap. No, but, uh, but we know that Alistair's discovering his um, BDSM oh, yeah. side. Good for him. Well done. Um, it's sort of similar to what you described, but, and it's called The Situation is Hopeless but Not Serious. Oh. The Pursuit of Unhappiness. Yeah by Paul Watts-Lowick. And what it is, Paul Watts-Lowick is a psychologist and he talks about the fact that basically we make our lives unhappy ourselves by getting uh, dragged into um, uh, and wrapped up in knots in our own problems rather than kind of um, 
I mean, it's a long time since I've read it, but basically... <laughs> it's hard to explain these books. Yeah. It's basically saying that that you don't have to worry about the things that you worry about. Yes. Because you make yourselves unhappy. In yeah. fact, try not to worry and then you'll be fine. <laughs> that, that's I know, and it's, it's, it sounds easy, and it's yeah. kind of like a little trick. And once you yeah. get that these books do sound similar theme, once you get the trick, you it's can do it. It's like it's like learning to meditate. Learning to meditate is 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 like really tricky to yeah. learn to meditate. And then one day and you it, just go, oh, I'm meditating. It's it's a very funny book as well because you actually recognise yourself while you're reading it, what you do, and you actually start. I laughed out loud throughout, which is rare for me, as you probably know. Anyways, we'll get so. yeah, of course. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You laughed out loud. You see. <laughs> <laughs> it was nice talking to Kath last week, by the way. Yeah, and, uh, uh, what, you say you want me to shut up? And you want to, you want no, to speak to Kath no. again? <laughs> I heard, I heard some of your calls. I listened to, um, I can never listen to the show when I'm not here. It was the first yeah. time I'd listened to more than five minutes, uh, a, 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 of a show when I was away. I listened, I fell asleep listening to it every night. It was great. It was good. What a joy, right, Alistair? What a privilege. Being, uh, in a beautiful country with my two boys, just the three yeah. of us, having, uh, you know, laughing and farting and getting ready for bed, and then, um, lying on their bed and listening to my best mate excel at doing a radio show. Don't bite your nails, please, Catherine. It's broken. Well, it's really bloody hurting. I was, was uh, on the phone the other day, Alistair, and I was picking a nail on my foot, right? A, a toenail, <laughs> I believe they're called. Because I don't do them very often. It's very satisfying oh, to get a big no. old chunk. But then I, I, I virtually, I looked down and, and my toenail, is the one next to the big toe, was bleeding. And I'd almost ripped the toenail off. Incredible scenes. What a time to be alive. I have a lot of dead skin on my face. Oh, beautiful. Oh, charming picture you two paint. And you can't get those, um, AIDS, the fish with AIDS anymore to, um, <laughs> bite it off, can they? Nibble it. They stopped it because people were getting AIDS because of the really? fish. Yeah. Oh, the fish were getting AIDS. No. So, the, you, the, you know the fish where you put your feet in the bowl and they eat all the dead skin? Like, loads of people, I think, were getting AIDS because someone really? with AIDS would have their feet eaten by the fish, the fish would get AIDS and then pass it on I to everyone. I think it was AIDS. I think it was like Verrucas. You can think that, Catherine, but I'm telling you, it was AIDS. <laughs> anyway, I've broken me bird, but it's still, the finger still works. Okay. You've broken your what? Me bird nail, you know, on my, um, swearing finger. Oh, right. Overuse. Um, oh, and one last thing in. You know you're talking about horror films. You say one last thing as though we've, we've done anything. I don't think we've done any things in He's this like, conversation, have we? I'll let you I go in a minute. I like, no, I'm enjoying this. Book. I mentioned that book. Oh, you did. You did. Yeah. Have, you, you're right. You, you did have a point. I, I um, didn't have any points. I remember this is, now. this is a second one. Go on. Um. Can I just say, I mean, Alistair, can I just say, yeah. what a nice man you are when you're sober. Yeah. What a nice, interesting, oh, thanks, charming, friendly man you are. And the fact that we're having a little Josh here and, uh, what a difference. What a difference. You should be really proud of yourself. Anyway, go on. Uh, thanks, mate. Well, the thing is, I read about this film. It's, it's a recent horror film that was in the cinemas recently. Yes. And it said it was, like, very weird. Yeah. But very scary. Don't tell me it's the Nicolas Cage film where he takes acid. No, that's horrible. I've seen that. It's rubbish. Yeah, it's rubbish. Um, it was it's cat, called yeah. Summertime. Oh, oh summertime. Summer, summertime. I wondered if you'd seen it. No. Was it called Midsummer? Midsummer time. Oh, Midsummer time, yeah. Midsummer murders. <laughs> we saw the trailer for it, it looked good, then I saw it had mixed reviews. Yeah. 
I probably read a good one. It says it's very uneven, the film. Okay. Um, but, uh, that some of the, some of the moments in it are kind of like you've never seen before, sort of thing. Yeah. So, I just kind of wondered if you'd seen it. No, but, I, uh, no. I wonder if Spoiler um, Keith's seen it. <laughs> now, 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 Kath, I won't, I won't spoil, spoil it. it, but they, they all die at the end. <laughs> <laughs> and the murderer is the policeman. Uh, get Out is quite a good I film, beg your pardon, know. Alistair, how dare you speak get to us like Get Out is great. Have you seen the unofficial sequel to it, Us? Not yet, is that good? Oh, that I've is... Qu- I enjoyed that. I enjoyed Us a lot. I thought that was great. That it's was a good film. Doppelgangers or something. It's about... Uh, do- no, you don't know what it's about. Uh, now, I don't... Uh, I won't spoil it, but it's about doppelgangers. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and there's a big twist at the end. I won't spoil that's it, but good, everybody's uh, dead. <laughs> we actually did that accent, uh, by the way. Go and watch us. It's, uh, it's the same... Is it Jordan Peele? Is that the gentleman's name yeah. that wrote and directed? Yeah. It's the same... And he, yeah. he's, he's obviously... Just one of the most talented people yeah. out there at the moment he making movies. He needs a letter right known to his mum. He but does, but, uh, and it's got Tim Heidecker in, who's one of my favourite comedians, and it's nice seeing him do a straight role as well. It was, uh, I really oh, enjoyed right. it. Anyway, by the way, you've got to get a new contract, Ian. Sorry? Because we need more shows like yours. Correct. Because I'm worried about the rise of right-wing comedians. I couldn't name you a right-wing comedian. Jim Davidson. There was a, there was a, a documentary about some guy, Mark somebody or other. Oh, it was a piece on, on BBC Two Newsnight and I, I turned it off because it was very, very offensive. I don't mind, well, listen, I don't mind right-wing comedians in the way I don't mind left-wing comedians, as long as they're not making, you know, jokes, racist and misogy- misogynistic and jokes like that. I don't mind humour no, coming from a right-wing cat. perspective. Yeah. No, it wasn't like that. It was kind of more, more subtle. And I suppose that's my deficit that I don't listen to things which I don't possibly agree with. Um, but most but, people are uh, like that, I think. Yeah, yeah. Actually, they're not. Most people anyway, are scumbags. I'm, I'm surprised that you didn't um, toss anything into the Trevi Fountain, by the way, when you were there. I didn't. I, 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 I didn't go bother finding it. I saw a few fountains. I saw where you were staying on the map. You yeah. were right around the corner from it. I didn't didn't care. Tell you what we did see. We went to this square one night, Alistair, uh-huh. and um, it's like buskers and food and stuff. And we were really tired because we, we it was hot and we'd had a long day. But we sort of walked through there with the boys because they like seeing a bit of street theatre. And we saw this thing. How my old are now? Seven and nine, <laughs> right? And we saw this lad on the floor, and my boys were hypnotised by it. So it was this artist, and he had—he was putting on a real show. So he was on the floor, and he was doing spray cans. He had these, and he'd get a spray can out of this this holder, and he'd like spin it in his hand, and and he had some um, uh, stencils, like a stencil of the um, the Colosseum and stuff, and he'd spray paint over the stencil, then lift it up, and then. And he painted with these spray cans. He painted the most insane, it took him six, seven minutes each, psychedelic pictures of the Colosseum with this amazing detail in the sky and there might be a planet and one of the ones he, we saw him do three planets and it was incredible. And my boys were just stood there, open mouthed, right? And this is normally the kind of stuff you'd watch it and go and we put we put i think five euros in his pot because it was the boys were loving it i thought if they're entertained i'll put five euros in and then 
they said, oh, can we get one? And I said, uh, oh. and normally I'd go, but they were so blown away, I went, yeah, do you want to get one each? And they went, yeah, 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 yeah. And the youngest went, I'll have the first one. So I went up to the lad and said, could you do two for us? And he went, yeah, of course. And he did it, and we sat on the street for 20 minutes, and we watched this guy, and my eldest kept saying, I can't believe I'm watching him do this. I, I can't believe I'm seeing him do this. Really? And the, the, um, it was 10 euros each, 20 quid for these two bits of art. And I said to them, this is art. They're really, really well done, right? Not my cup of tea, but really well done. And they saw him do it, and he took so much care, and he was showing them to the boys, and he said, what colour do you want them? And, and, and just, when we got home, my eldest couldn't stop talking. He said, I can't believe what I've just seen. I've, and he's never, Alistair, he's never been touched by anything like that, by seeing someone create in front of him, and it's never had that much of an emotional impact on him. And I could That's see right. him get so inspired by it. And I said, well, that is great. Now, you've seen that. You've got a picture. It's a bit of art. If you want to get it framed, we'll do it. You've got a story to that. Now, now you be inspired and take from that what stuff that you can do or see how it makes you feel or see what it makes you think or, and I'm not saying go out and paint, but it might make you want to create something because you've seen someone who's brilliant doing it. It was such a lovely moment. And he kept saying, wow, that Matt, that guy should be a professional artist. That was incredible. I was, did I send you a picture of the pics, Kath? No, you told me about o- it. On Friday, when I go over, I'll take a picture. It was am- always spray cans. It was incredible. So, um, so we didn't go to the Trevi or any of that crap, but we watched the kids, um, we got high on spray paint and we watched the kid make <laughs> some paintings and that was it for me. That's brilliant. I was interested to hear that you said that you didn't like it. I went to Florence uh, many years ago, and that was absolutely superb. Yeah, it's beautiful. Although I did get food poisoning when I was there, and I had to spend two days in bed yeah, next well. to the toilet. That, that, next to the toilet. Well, that's tomorrow's show. Uh, what countries? <laughs> we're gonna. What countries did you get food poisoning in? Let me throw India into the hat, Catherine. Cuba on honeymoon. I had uh, I was on honeymoon Tom as well. tits for about two weeks, but I still managed to put on a stone. I was. Mine was in India on honeymoon, and it was the only the second time I'd w- ever watched an episode of Friends on Star TV, and it was the same episode that I'd seen about six years before. Tomorrow's phone in is we're going to draw up a league table of of the shittiest places in the world. <laughs> Where did you get an upset stomach tomorrow on Talk Radio? That's what we're doing. Thank you, Alistair. We got Jack. We got Steve. We got George. This is Talk Radio. The radio show where the owls are not what they seem. Do you or have you ever watched Twin Peaks? The Late Night Alternative with Ian Lee. We could be dreaming and meeting each other in our dreams. On Talk Radio. Suddenly it's quarter to one o'clock. Hello, hello Jack. Hello, how are you doing? You alright? I'm very, very well. Jack, what you got for us tonight? Hey, I just wondering, have you ever heard of the, the, this new phenomenon of um, cultural appropriation? Yes. Right, well, I, I was just wondering how how far do you think it should go? Because a lot of people now, it seems like if you talk about or appreciate food from another culture, or you talk about the music or whatever, it, it, it's accused of being a bad thing. And uh, I'm not sure, I, I remember reading something on Twitter, I'm not sure if you're familiar, and it was a, a girl, a Chinese girl, I thought no, it was a girl, sorry, who who wore a dress that was manufactured in China, and um, she said that on Twitter she get called out for my dress is my my culture is not your prom dress, and all these all these people saying things like um saying things along the lines that you can't wear you know 
prom you can't wear prom dresses, you can't wear clothes now that have been produced in other cultures. I think it's just when you say when you that. say produced in other cultures, do you mean for example like what we would call in the olden days a Susie Wong dress? So it's like it looks like a Chinesey dress. Yeah, so like a beautiful stunning Chinese dress is produced in China. Well, I remember. I, I, I think you've gone a slightly too far. You can, you can certainly enjoy foreign food, but wasn't Jamie Oliver called out recently for cooking jerk chicken? Do you remember that, Catherine? There was, there was, there was, there was something um, like that. Um, jerk chicken. I've got a so he was called of that, out of that girl. Yeah, in, and she's Gosh. wearing a long. Uh, what's the name for it? It's, it is what you think of, and they are doing the. They're doing the hands, the old, uh, but then, uh, well, but who, here's the thing, who called her out? That's also the question that needs to be asked. Sometimes it's, it's people calling out who just happen to have very loud voices. Yeah, exactly. It's like the minority that are amplified through Twitter and that Well, the minorities should be listened to, right? I do, I do think minorities oh, no, 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 should no, be listened to. I mean, to. like a small number of people, yeah. not minorities, a, a small, st- like the, the, the people that would be annoyed and offended that are four or five of them that you would ignore, but because Twitter draws attention to everyone, yeah. uh, now they've got a voice. Well, and also, you, you know, you need three complaints about something on Twitter and a newspaper will put it on their website. Um, I, I, I don't know. I would be prepared to listen to people from different cultures as to why they might consider certain things to be cultural appropriation and and why they might take it personally offensive. You see, here's the thing, Jack. It's always difficult for me to answer these kind of things because I'm a white, middle-aged, bisexual, um, a British guy. So it, it's difficult for me to, to say why a Chinese person might get offended by that or why, um, you know, someone from, I guess, Caribbean origin might be offended by Jamie Oliver do, doing jerk chicken. I don't know. My initial reaction? Yeah, it seems a little bit extreme, but I, yeah. I don't know. But here's the thing, right? This girl's wearing a chong sam, that's what they're called, Okay. Right? Would you go out wearing a sari for prom? Yeah, I think mm. some people would, actually. I think sorry. Yeah, but that's the thing. I, I think, well, this is what at least what, what I'm, I'm growing there. I'm looking at things. I, I'm realizing that if you constantly see people as being, you can't touch this food, you can't, or, or that's white, or that's black, it divides us all these, I think these, the food these thing, ideas I think, rather than bring people closer together. I would let go of the food thing if I were you. I don't think that's quite as much of a problem as perhaps you're suggesting. You've mentioned it twice, and I don't think that's a problem. You can certainly eat food from other cultures and enjoy it, and you could certainly what? cook it as well. And, and not be seen I, as being a racist. I, I completely agree with you 100%, but if you, if you look at it again, you shouldn't, but if you look at Twitter, you, you see people that strongly disagree. Oh, if you look at Twitter, you'll find people that disagree with everything. Well, if you look at Twitter, there's people yeah. that want to, you know, that want to bring back hanging, and uh, don't, don't look at Twitter. But, but no, of course, you, I could go home tonight and I could cook a curry and that would not be in any way mm. cultural appropriation. That would just that'd be stupid because it's too late to have a curry. But that you wouldn't know, be that at all. Who, you guys obviously work in media, so I was just wondering, for someone who, uh, I'm nothing to do with media, so when I'm walking around day to day, I don't see people in terms of being black or white or Chinese, I see people for their ideas, not the colour of their skin or whatever, and I see them for their individuality, not the way they look, and I just wonder if we keep seeing, especially nowadays with Twitter where everything's exacerbated, yeah. if you keep seeing things, if we keep dividing and pigeonholing these different individual identities of what someone looks like physically, then we take away the root of the soul, we take away what's in them, we take away what they have to say and focus on them physically and define them by a physical attribute or or, or if you see a a white man 
and you immediately assume everything he's ever gotten is because of an economic privilege or a QC. I think you uh, make a an excellent... a black person and assume they're a victim that's, that's yeah. never achieved anything. I think... Do you think these are dangerous? I think you make an excellent, well-thought-out point... Um, but also I think it's more that it is more than physical. It's cultural. It, that's why it's cultural appropriation. It's not necessarily a physical appearance thing. It's, it's, um, it, it, it's the distillation of, of, of people's culture. It, it, mm. it's a t- I wish you'd called earlier than bloody quarter to one when we're about to end the show, Jack, because this is a cracking one. <laughs> uh, just to be bit like, well, well, the thing is, I'm, I, I, I want to be a, a writer, so I'm doing writing in film and TV and media, and I yeah. can tell you everything about film and television, but for someone who writes, it's now creeping into media, this, don't write that in case it upsets someone, or you're, you're white, you shouldn't write about no, that. No, but it don't tell someone else space. what their experience is when you have no idea, that's the thing, it's about exactly. sensitivity, isn't it? Exactly. Well, I remember arguing with someone once and they says to me, every single young white man ever has, you'll ever meet has always been privileged. And I said, well, what about the young men that, you know, were in the trenches in the, in the World War shaking and they were seeing their friend's head getting blown off? And, and the person says to me, well, at least they got to go to war in the first place Gosh. as if they were enjoying it's, it. It's a tough one. Yes, people born in this country of any colour are certainly more privileged than people born in significantly poorer war-torn countries. Privileged. Of course they are. But within those communities, there can also be people who are more privileged than people who have, you know, there are loads of white working class kids that have that have nothing, no privilege. It's a really tough one, Jack, and it's too... I, I, I've got to take two more phone calls, but give us a call again. I would, in terms of writing, I would say write whatever you want to write. Yeah, definitely. 100%. Right However, be prepared to be called out oh, if you yeah. write about stuff you have no uh, understanding and, of. Like, we went to that play the other day that was written by an oh, old American guy who yeah. clearly didn't understand the Me Too movement. Yeah. He tried to make something yeah. funny out of what was obviously was a story very, very similar to the Weinstein case, and he didn't get it. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, and he showed himself up. But he was allowed yeah. to write that and perform it, and we were allowed to, to say it was a load of old crap. Yeah. That, that's the thing. And, and, and the good thing about Twitter, guys, is it's always get a mute button. Exactly. Thank you very much indeed, Jack. Well, it, was, it was a nice call. I enjoyed that. It's, it's, I like that. We we haven't had many of those calls where you, I, I have to think for a while. So, Jack, give us a call again. I appreciate that. Thank you. Hello, Steve. Hi, Ian. How are you doing? I'm all right. Thank you, Steve. What you got for us? Um, I just phoned up to say I'm glad to hear that you're happy. Thank you. Um, and uh, it's your show that's actually made me quite happy recently. Oh. Um, I was listening to Alistair earlier. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think, um, has he been with AA, AA for a little while? I think so, yeah. It seems to be how he's, he's turning things around. Yeah, it, it was him and your show that inspired me, actually. I was, um, been depressed for a while and, um, sort of not knowing where I was going. And I think I heard Alistair about three months ago, maybe, when yeah. he sort of first uh, sort of announced that he was going and sounded a lot better. So I, yeah, it's best for me for a couple of weeks. And now I've been going a couple of months, hey, and I just feel amazing. How's it going? So, yeah, it's going brilliantly. Yeah, I've uh, just finished my third step, which um, handed yeah. my bill over to God and get me the self bondage of self. Now, and, now uh, you're on to step four, the big one. The big one. It's yeah, better than. Like, it's better. I don't know what your feelings are, but I know a lot of people get worried about step four. It's yeah. uh, it, it's, it's brilliant. Four and five, they're yeah. the ones, man. They're the ones that that really start yeah. clearing stuff. Yeah, my sponsor was around this evening. We just 
he just wrote out the format for me. So, Beautiful. Uh, Do it. Dive in. Don't don't put it off if you can. Just dive in, and it, it it's hard work. But once yeah. you've done, you've read step four to your, your sponsor. Oh man. That's when things really start changing for the better. Oh, that's good to hear. Yeah, yeah, I've been nervous. Cause I've, yeah, you see the steps at the meeting, and uh, yeah. my first couple of meetings, I was looking at step four, thinking, yeah. oh, my God. Got right, uh, I've got to write down everything shitty that I did. All the yeah. all the sex stuff and all the stealing yeah. and all the stabbing yeah. people in the back and all of the yeah. all of that. Yeah. yeah. But here's the thing. I, I do, do, I'm doing my step one with my new sponsor. And uh, uh-huh. I told him about um, being bisexual and I told him some of the stuff that I'd done. And he went, right, yeah. Well, let me tell you what I did. And then he rattled off stuff that he did that was, was you know, equally as bad. Was yeah. was the same level as what I'd done. And it was like, whoa, you've done that? <laughs> and that's what it is. You, and your sponsor would probably be the same. I'd go, right, you did that. Well, I did this. Yeah. And it's it's a really it's a step four and five are beautiful, man. Oh, I can't wait. Yeah, I, I really enjoyed step three. It took me a couple of weeks to get it. Yeah, and, uh, this is great. I, yeah, I got sort of uh, Saturday night. I was up till sort of like one o'clock in the morning. Just and it just it was like a door opening. I could see the light coming yeah. around the side of the door. Yeah. It's like, wow. Steve, yeah. I've got to go because we're coming to the end of the show, but um, okay, yeah. thank you so much for sharing that, man. That's that's made my night. I re- it really has, and you, you keep coming back. Yeah, lovely. Thank I you, brother. I was with you a couple of weeks ago, so uh, yeah, I'll you Nice one, Steve. There you go. Wasn't that lovely? The steps, man, they, are, they, they, they do the job. Right, we're running out of time very, so very quickly. Tim, we haven't got much time, I'm afraid. Oh, well, um, I'm sorry, because I've got a good story. Well, I'm sorry, I've only got two minutes. Well, okay, quickly. Okay, uh, basically, my dad phoned you a while ago, and you declared him as a, a really good caller. Yeah. And I w- this is a this is a story I tell on my first date. Can I go? <gasps> what? I'm I'm lost. What happened? I thought that was going to be the story. Was that the story? But no, this is just the no, preamble, and you've got like one minute we've now. Got, we've got Stop six. with the long pauses and let's have it. We got and, s- and and also my other thing was. That well, hang on, was that it? Was that the story? No, 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 no. My New Year's resolution was Jesus. to call you this year, and now I've got one minute. And you haven't. Oh. Now you've got thirty seconds. Oh shit! Can you give us? Can you? That's right. Can you give us a call tomorrow? Can you call me back? No, no, when I'm you call a, us I'm tomorrow. A, I'm on a date tomorrow. Okay, well, can you call me Friday? Uh, I listen to you every night. Okay, well then you well, can give me a call. When you're available. I mean, you, you let us know, Tim. Let us know your schedule. Flipping it. Yes, George, we've got 30 seconds. 30 seconds? The future's going to be trisexual. Do you think you'll go for it? And does that mean uh, try everything once? No, Relationships will be between three people. That's, That's not I'll trisexual. No, no, no. No? Don't, not. don't fancy trisexual? Not if you're involved, George. Thank you very much indeed. Paul, please, for the love of God, come in and um, <laughs> save this parker. It sounded like he was setting me up for a sex party. <laughs> Do you want to join me and George at a sex party, Paul? <laughs> Maybe not this weekend. I've got a stamina. <laughs> I need to get a training for that kind of shenanigan. Oh, by the way, days. if you if you want us to call you during tomorrow's show, or if you're on a date or something, just let us know what time to call you, and that's how these things work. Hello, Poros. Good morning. Good morning, sir. <laughs> what you got for us? Hello, I've got ten seconds. Fifty-eight thirty. Okay. I, I was buying time Here, for you. Here's the biggie. I appreciate it. Here's the biggie. Yeah. Florida is doubling its budget 
to go and trap pythons. They have 300,000 pythons, they reckon, and 1,000 square miles in Florida. Blimey. They're non-native. In some parts, they're depredated, eaten 99% of the small mammals. They've been known to kill alligators, okay, and the longest one caught weighed over 14 stone, was 16 feet long, and was incubating 50 eggs. If that horrible? doesn't frighten you on the way home, nothing will. So we're how crossing live to Florida. How would they kill an alligator? Well, basically, they wrap themselves around it, it. Yeah, and suffocate it. And they spin, they, the, the alligator does the death roll, which makes it makes the python even tighter on their body. I know. So we're talking python hunting in Florida on the program this morning, and we're going way back 15,000 years to when lions and gigantic elk roam the United Kingdom. That's a show. There we go. I, I forgot to do the thing yesterday about why um, my theory that we may have come from Mars is, is accurate. So I'm going to do that when you come back from holiday, oh, Catherine. Really? Thank you, Amy. Thank you very much. Catherine, have a lovely break. Thanks. I will be in doing a solo mission tonight at 10 o'clock. Stay tuned, though. Coming up after one is Paul Ross, only on Tour Radio. We are Talk Radio. 